Welcome to episode 11 of the MX Vice Show, presented by 24MX, Europe's largest e-commerce store and your one-stop shop for all things motocross. The MXGP of Russia has been and gone, and wow, there's a lot to talk about this week. First of all, though, thanks to our sponsors, Talon Wheels, X-Trig, Triple Clamps, Liap, Recluse Clutches, Atlas Brakes for all their support. And if you're looking for a bargain this week, then uh, 24MX have got a pit map up for grabs for $29.99. It's a premium pit map. There's a couple of different styles in uh, colors, so get over to 24mx.co.uk uh, and uh, get your mat for $29.99. I'm James Burford, and alongside me is MX Vice Editor Lewis Phillips. Hello. Hi. How's it going? Good. Thank you, Lewis. You sounded like you were going to have a heart attack in that intro. Lots of heavy breathing. Do you know, I, I think I've actually squeezed myself in too much on the yeah, chair. No, I was a lot of heavy breathing. Yeah, and I think I must have over, overindulged in a panel chocolate this morning. And a cinnamon swirl. So, okay. There we go. Also in the uh, studio is our producer, Rob from Jukebox Beats, who uh, has to spend about three hours editing the shit what we talk and um, put it into something worthwhile for you guys to listen to. So, Lewis, 
How did you cope the weekend? You uh, you do the same question every week, don't you? Of how did you find the weekend? Then you realised I wasn't there, and you had to make a last minute change. No, you, I was, you I was, hung on the how for too long, where you, your mind was a uh, well swirling. There was a reason why I hung on it because as I'm asking you a question, you picked up a bottle of water <laughs> to open. So I was like, well, how's that going to work? Um, I coped okay. Yeah, I'm okay with missing one a year purely because it gives me an interesting little look at what I can change. Okay. And I've got some ideas. Problem is, I don't have time to like add stuff. Yeah, we talked about this. But I have got some ideas that I want to try and do differently. Okay. So watch this space. We do actually have some new little things coming this weekend. Do we? Yep. Some new Instagram little things, which Ooh. I'm very excited about and could take no credit for at all. Okay. Uh, yeah. Who, who's, who's the credit going to? Hmm? Who's the credit going to? Oh, Sean's come up with some things that are actually quite exciting. Oh. Like, I, it takes a lot for me to look at something and go, that's fucking amazing. But I feel like what we've come up with is oh, cool. amazing. Right. So I'll be uh, at home ready yep, no to... No Latvia uh, for you? No Latvia for me. But you will be in Germany. It looks like I'm going to Germany, yeah. And then no Indonesia? No Indonesia. No Locket? No Locket. I'm actually in Mexico on a family holiday. So you are doing a flyaway, just not for motocross. <laughs> not for motocross, And on the yeah. wrong date. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've kind of uh, had quite a busy... Busy start to the year. And now I'm having a little break. I'm happy for you. You Thank deserve you. it. Thanks. Yeah, I work hard. Because you're worth it. Thank you. So, the weekend, there was crashes. There was um, some amazing race PR, uh, which has <laughs> got everybody talking. Yep. Utter carnage on and off the track. I think your phone's never been busier as it's Sunday night. Uh, there was a lot of messages and phone calls and tweets and DMs and all sorts. But everybody wanted to tell you lots of stuff about the track in the weekend. Yeah, everyone seems to have a different... Uh, well, actually, no, not everyone, has, not everyone has a different opinion. Everyone kind of was on the same uh, wavelength, but it was too fast and everything. But this confuses me, because whilst watching MXGP TV, which, amazing service, I don't get to use it much, but actually didn't put a foot wrong all weekend. Live timing was perfect, the stream was perfect, so I was impressed. But uh, in the commentary, Malin kept saying... Like, oh, this is the fastest we've ever seen this track. But I swear it was exactly the same last year. Just as fast. Because I remember the same kind of stuff was coming up last year. So that yeah. confused me a tad. Okay. But um, yeah, everyone just felt it was too fast. But what is too fast? I guess you, you can bring that up. Like, look at the crashes. Okay, fair enough. When guys are crashed on Matley, that was fairly high speed. Is it a shit statement for me to say it's the rider's choice to twist the throttle or not? No, because I've seen people say that. And obviously... There's a line on a fast track like Orleanock. The line is maybe uh, thinner. Like the, there's not as much room for uh, error and whatever you'd uh, label it as. Yeah. I do think there's something to that. And that's also just the nature of MXGP nowadays where the speed's been pushed so much that they are pushing that line and then someone tries to do that little bit more and it's too much. Yeah. I mean, there, there are, you know, you've, you've had conversations. I know you're not going to name names, but you've had conversations with people on Sunday night and over the weekend who basically said, I just needed to get out in one piece. Oh, yeah. And, well, that isn't even a secret. Like, um, I think Sterry put on Instagram that he was just happy to get out of there. But then that isn't, I don't know if you'd necessarily say that's a track's fault. I'll, I'll say that we're going to get into it in more, obviously. But there's one thing that I think you can defend the whole track with. So there's lots of crashes, injuries and everything. Yeah. Where Lupino crashed after the waves. That was like one of the slowest parts of the track. So you can't necessarily say that the track was fast and that resulted in these injuries because Lupino crashed, suffered the worst injuries of the lot. Yeah. And I don't know what happened because obviously I didn't see it, but from what I hear, he might have hit another rider in the air. Wow. And that just happens. Yeah. Anywhere. can happen anywhere. Like I say, we saw Geyser at um, Matterley and Geyser at, insert any track here. No, obviously that's past life. 
he's turned it around now. But um, that was 2018, guys. Yeah, well, no, actually not, not even that. Yeah, I don't know how you'd really. I don't know if you. I don't know if you can pin the blame 100 percent on something, or it's just very. Um, is that your laptop again? Uh, is your phone off? Uh, it should be every week, Rob. Every week. Um, no, I just don't know if you can pin the blame 100 percent on something or whatever. I think it's. I think it's fine. Okay. I think, and I think for what it's worth, I think Russia will be back next year. You do? Well, it's well supported. It's funny in a way because everyone always complains about flyaways. Like, oh, there's not enough, uh, there's not enough fans there. Yeah. Well, Russia's got that. There's not enough entries. Well, MX2 was, I think there was 37 entries and 30 riders on the line. That's fair enough. Yeah. MXGP was a little lighter, especially in the second moto because of the um, yeah, injuries. 23. Yeah, but that was, you'd already lost four riders in the first motor. Okay. Uh, in the first motor, there was 26 on the line, which isn't terrible, I don't think. No. That's not necessarily a big problem. No. So where does the problem lie? The track? And you could say they've even noticed that because um, on the first downhill, before you do the longest uphill, the downhill where Karoli crashed in qualifying, Hurling's crashed in qualifying and all of that, they put a little drop-off roller thing to try and slow it down. Okay. So they have identified these little things. Yeah. But I guess the problem is if you're looking at like pit lane straight, what are you going to put there? Because it's so high speed. If you put a ski jump there, everyone's just going to hit it flat out and creating more problems and solutions. Uh, I'm going to throw one at you uh, just on this subject, which you're probably not prepared for. But the 252 stroke, was it nine people? And? Well, I'm just saying, is it, was it a good idea? Like sending supposedly a class which is supposed to be making motocross more affordable and they send them to Russia. I don't see the sense in this. Okay. You could say that, but there's also one thing that Ustream done, which has actually gone under the radar and is actually quite helpful to everyone. Okay. And I only noticed this like the other week and I was like, oh, that actually makes sense. EMX 250 and EMX 2T were in um, Russia, obviously. They're also in Latvia. Yeah. So they've obviously done that so that it's kind of a full circle. Because if you even if you send those guys to Latvia, that's a lot of cost and effort for one trip. Yeah. So they've obviously pieced the two together, hoping that you can get more value for money, do both in one hit. And it'll be interesting to see how many riders choose to do just Latvia this weekend. Obviously, it'll be more. Yeah, it's definitely more. I I don't think there's anything to it. At the end of the day, it's a support class. If there was 11 riders in MXGP, then sure, but it's a support class. Okay. I'm just just, just asking. I think if that that was the case... I mean, it's not healthy, is it, for Ustream or for anybody else if there's nine people on the line? You know, I was also thinking about this because everyone was getting on this. So everyone likes to claim that this is all a money-grabbing exercise and all of that. If it was, they wouldn't have put EMX2T there, would they? Because they can get more entries elsewhere. Yeah. Suddenly, if, you're, if everyone wants to moan about this one thing, they can't moan about the other thing as well because those things don't coexist. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? I get what you're saying. I, I guess it comes down to personal preference. People aren't willing to spend X amount of pounds to go to Russia. Yeah, and I don't know what you can but label it on. I, I think it's just the economy. Even with Brexit, there's a massive, you know, uncertain amount going on with um, money. Do people spend money? Do they keep money? I think this is going on worldwide at the moment. I think people are very cautious. So should we spend, what, three grand to get to Russia? Four grand maybe? Or should we use that four grand and get to three localish GPs in France and Italy or something? Just to put it into perspective, there was only 10 more riders in Portugal. Yeah. So again, are we going to complain about Portugal? Again, that's a trick as well. Yeah, but okay, if you're going to moan about that, then yeah. what? Okay, let's keep it to France. They're, oh no, you, no. Like, so obviously, you I, I understand what you're saying. So obviously, you stream are trying to give this series a chance and give it this global appeal. Yeah, but it's kind of a what comes first, the chicken or the egg. You either keep it to France, Germany, and Belgium, and say like this yeah. is a four round series. Call it the Tri Nations Cup. This is this is a four round series. It's affordable. Blah blah blah. 
Yeah. Or you try and push it into becoming a little something special. I guess you've answered my, the question quite well because if it was... I'm not surprised. If it was supposed to be affordable, then stick to a national series. Exactly. Yeah. And you've also got to think it's, uh, it was round four of the MX2T. Yeah. So at that point, riders are going to start to go, you know what, I DNF'd fat racing uh, wherever. Yeah. There's no point. Like I'm already out of the championship. So yeah. it's just the nature of the beast. But not to press this issue a little bit more, but okay. do you think it's... let it go. Brilliant. <laughs> Do you think as well as the mindset of the riders? I mean, I, I spoke to Gareth Hockey about the mindset of the, of the kids nowadays. And 20 years ago, you were happy to finish 40th in the UK because that wasn't last place. That was 40th in the UK. And do you think people forget now that this two-stroke series, coming 28th, 35th, you're 35th in Europe on a two-stroke. Do you think there's something lost there? Oh, yeah, that's definitely a theory that I think is... a. Uh not just specific to any level of racing or any series. Everyone, I think that's a problem everywhere. So people would rather stay local, win the race, rather than go and compete at the highest level. Oh yeah, I guess you call it sandbagging. Sandbagging's nothing new. Like, that's been around since day dot. No, but it seems to be, I guess, more towards, leaning towards that now where people actually, it's not cool to say on Instagram, I finished in Europe. I don't think that applies to this Russia situation. That only applies if there's 10 people in France. No, you were just saying that if, if, if people are like, oh, I got a DNF and didn't oh, do yeah, it. But yeah. yeah, it's still like, I went to Russia and finished 10th because practically you could go to Russia and finish 10th, which is pretty cool. Yeah. I, I would like to tell people I went to Russia and finished 25th because I think that's still fucking cool. Yeah. But I think maybe I'm just on my own out there with that kind of mindset. You are on your own a lot, so. Okay, whatever. Um, so what do you want to talk about? Uh, MXGP. I know, you're excited. You've got notes and everything. I know we started with EMX2T, but <laughs> MXGP is <laughs> hey, quite uh, important. It was relative to what we were talking about. Okay. okay. Fair enough. I know Where you, like, you, to, go with I know you like your then? patterns. You tell me. Okay. You've got the notes. Tim Geyser. Well, can I now... Oh, so you do want to talk. I, I just want to say that three weeks ago, you said that Tim had to win. He's won one. That's great. But Corelli's still going to go one 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 two one two one two one two for the rest of the year. Yep. That was your exact words. Yep. I'll stand um, by that. Excellent. And then you said it, you'd have to do it again. So he, he won back-to-back races and you said, yeah, but it's da-da-da-da-da. But it's whether he can win three. So now he's won three and he's now taken over the red plate. At what point are you going to say that I was right? And you were wrong. It's too early for that. That's for sure. Really? But um, too, too early to apologize? or No, because obviously the season's not done. But I'll tell you what, this, I had a little um, brainwave. Okay. And this is why I say it's too early. This really reminds me of 2012. And obviously you remember what happened in 2012, don't you? Oh, it's, it's, like, it's like yesterday for me, mate. Yesterday. <laughs> so 2012, um, Crowley had a 47-point lead, I think. Yep. Uh, went to Sweden, Udavala, which we're going to later this year, obviously, and had a double DNF. Uh, Rock got jammed in the chain or sprocket or something in the first race. And then second race, he rode into a pile of mud and couldn't get out. So had double DNF. Right. Uh, Salle went from 47 points down to three points up, took the red plate away. And suddenly everyone was like, we've got a series. I can't, like, obviously, for, to have such a swing on one day without injuries is unbelievable. Uh, Caroli responded by um, going, basically winning 13 of the next 14 motos and literally just silenced everyone. Now, the swing in points, obviously, it's over a broader time scale, but the swing in points is quite similar to um, this. Okay. So does Crowley now rebound and go, well, enough of that, and just start pounding out one 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 one? I don't know. I'm not saying that's going to happen. If you want to look back in time and try and find some kind of thing to relate this to, 
that isn't that far off. Okay. There is one key difference, though. Right. Crowley is beaten up. Well, interestingly, to the non-up-to-date fans, what has happened to Crowley? Because they think that overnight, Crowley is now too old and is going to be retiring at the end of the year. So he's gone from being like unbelievably amazing three weeks ago to now he's probably going to retire at the end of the year. So can you educate people on, on why he is not dominating at the moment? There is no... I don't think there is a reason. You can never put a reason on that. Why his guys are dominating? Who knows? No, no, I mean, you said that he's beaten up. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, so he's carrying injuries. Oh, okay. So, yeah, you so can you explain... Scale. So, so can you explain to people out there who are not aware um, of why Caroli is... is beaten not, up? Yeah. Oh, he crashed in qualifying. Okay. Body slammed the ground. Quite bad. Like, it's amazing he didn't injure his coccyx. Yeah. Or his back. Because it was a... You obviously saw it. Yeah, I, I remember it right well, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, it was honestly, it was a hard hit. I, I actually can't recall the last time I saw Crowley crash that hard. Yeah. Or not crash that hard, but at least hit the ground that hard. But obviously got up, uh, he was stiff on race day, but was adamant that he didn't sustain any injuries. And he's fine. And that he'll be healthier for that. It's nothing worse than being stiff on so, uh, race day. So I don't think that's... Um, Do you get stiff on race day, Le? I don't, I, don't think that's a, I don't think that's a long-term issue. I don't think it's something that's going to impact a championship or the bigger picture. I think it's just kind of spiraled out of control a little bit the last couple of weeks. Okay, so you think it's a little bit beaten up, a little bit of confidence, a little no, bit of... No, I, don't even, I wouldn't even say confidence. He's a nine-time world champion. He knows what he can do. Okay, so I was just alluding to what you... You know, you just said it's a little bit of... But you're not explaining. Oh, no, I just said spiraled out of control as in he's obviously had a couple of hard hits in a row now. Oh, okay, so you're referring to the injuries. It's just a momentum thing. Okay. It's not in his corner right now. Right. But that's why I'm interested to see if Crowley goes 1-1 this weekend, does that change the pattern completely? Of course it does. Or does Geyser go, can Geyser take a 2-2 and still knowing himself that next week, I'll be better? But that's what makes great racing. Another interesting thing, just oh. a little coincidence thing, uh, okay. going back to 2012, yep. Crowley had that um, double DNF. Yeah. Guess what the next round after that was? Uh, Latvia? Yes. I got one right. <laughs> oh, I got one right. But, I mean, it means absolutely nothing, but what a coincidence. I don't know, to me it means everything. Do-do-do-do. Wow. Coincidence, eh? Yeah. Okay. Little, is that going to be in your little stat thing this week? I don't have time to do that. Okay. Yeah. So I'm just trying to give as many stats as I can here. Okay. That's, that's nice. My little stat thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have your little band of stat stat. But uh, Friends, go, going you? back to um, stats, yeah, uh, Geyser was obviously really good in his championship winning year, 2016. He must have won six motos in a row, mustn't he? I'm going to say no because <laughs> uh, you're alluding to that as well. So I'm going to go no. Am I right? Uh, yeah. Oh, this his, is two in a row. In his championship winning year, he only won five motos in a row. That was his longest streak. He's wow. currently at six. So is he riding better than ever? I think he is. I wasn't there, but I think I, I have to be now. Yeah, I 100% think he's. this is the best I've seen him ride. Obviously, his win totals and everything were impressive that championship winning year, but we can't forget there was no Hurlins. Caroli was not Caroli at all. Yeah. And Fevre was out after round seven or eight. So what else was there? Was that after the Majora crash? No. Oh. Matley. <laughs> Damn it! Nearly a three. <laughs> you were... <laughs> For the, uh, for the purpose of the uh, recording, James's face was about as smug as anything because he was saying that because he really thought it nailed something. Oh, look, so I thought that was Majora. One. No, you're thinking of Majora 2015. Damn it. When he, was, when he bent his bars. Went 6-1 yeah. that day. Or 1-6. He had a big one down the hill. Yep. So yeah, I, I'm starting to come around to the fact that um, he is better than ever. And I don't think that can be discounted. Deserves a lot of credit for what he's doing. And like I've said, look at the upcoming tracks. It's pretty good for Tim Geiser. Cool. So I think we've got a battle. I don't think this thing's a runaway anymore. I think, 
I don't know who's going to win. I don't know if you know, if you um, remember, but I think it was was it episode eight, Rob? Um, I actually said that it's it's a two way battle, and that Tim was was going to step up. So okay, fair enough. But, so it's um, glad that in episode eleven that you you've caught up, caught but, on. Yeah, I don't know who's going to win. I don't know how this is going to play out. I do think this is coming down to the last round, mm-hmm. and I actually think this could be a swing. I think Latvia is going to be an important race for Karoli. All along I've said it's going to be an important race for Geyser. I now think it's an important race for Karoli. Latvia is a good uh, good track for him. Good surface. Technically should favour Karoli over Geyser. If he doesn't win there, I'd say that would be the most surprising loss of the season for him. I actually think um, I'm missing a really good GP this weekend because I think yeah, it's going to be, yeah, I think it's going to be very, very close. Yeah, that. Plus there's a lot of stories like the boss thing. And um, what? <laughs> something something been happening there? <laughs> no, there's there's a lot to keep an eye on this weekend and a lot Yes. And I I know there's gonna be a lot Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I, I just got it's the best thing ever. It's the best thing ever. Like if we could package that up. Yeah. Um anyway, uh, I think there is gonna be a lot going on this weekend and I think there's gonna be a lot of talk in a paddock about the results of what's been going on, if you catch my drift. Are you gonna get the interview? Because everybody wants to know what the hell is going on. What are you talking about now? Pulse. Oh, we're moving straight on to that. Yeah. We, we've just, we, we've obviously seen the two PRs. They've made quite a big impact. Are you going to get to the bottom of this? Now, to defend myself, did I not message you on Monday saying it is now my sole number one mission to get an interview with Boss? Yeah. So I, the wheels are already in motion before this whole latest shit show. Right. I don't know if they're going to do one with me because they've obviously listened to my interviews with Tommy. Well, and I could be seen as the catalyst for a lot of these issues. <laughs> so I think everything was fine until your interviews got translated into to French. Yep, thanks to that guy for stealing my content. Yeah. Shout out to you. Yeah. So, uh, but that that's rectified. Yep. And um, oh, we should know, uh, should actually shout out now. No, no, to... don't mention it. Okay, because that's coming up later on. All right, someone's sorry. actually asked a question about that. Okay, we're going to keep that under under wraps. So I want to do a big light. Ta-da. Damn it. Um, but yeah, I, the wheels are in motion. I have no clue who to speak to because, well, I do have a clue, but Olivia Bossard is obviously the team owner. He is not at every race. I think he's actually only at one or two a year. Uh, Stephen Bossard, the son of Olivia, but I'm not sure what his role is. I, I'm not sure what his role is. <laughs> Motivator. I just see. I just generally see him standing around a lot. Just um, motivating. And then obviously JJ Lassetti is um, the team manager. The yeah? team manager. Yeah. But then he's not at every round. <laughs> no. We like JJ. JJ's a good guy. I've never spoken to him, but you like yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. He's a, good, he's a real um, good guy. So he's my first one. Because he's got, he's got experience. He's respected. Yeah, super respected. I mean, he Why ran, isn't he at every round? <laughs> he basically ran CLS Kawasaki, now, didn't he? For... Not basically. He did. He did, yeah. <laughs> the more I think about this the more I'm beginning to think it's weird that JJ isn't at every round. Well, because you would have thought given... If your title is team manager, surely you have to be at the race. Yeah. I'm not, I've never seen a job description. Never seen a job description for team manager. I'm guessing go to the races is quite high on the list. I would have thought so, yeah. Yeah, I would have thought so. So I, maybe he's but having... I don't really understand where these issues are coming from now. The more Because the more I think about this, JJ knows what he's doing. He's run a team for a very long time. Yeah. So how is it going this bad? And we know it's not Kawasaki, don't we? No, Because yeah. we know that Geben, absolutely fine. I'll tell you what, Tommy almost went to Geben this year. Yeah. I don't know if people know that. Uh, I think... Well, I think I told people, didn't I? Yeah, I think, I think he was pretty close before Patrell came in. Yeah, he was pretty close to going to Geben before Patrell swept in and bought a beer with him. Yeah. So he obviously bought a sponsor to the team. Yeah. And I've never really... like We all know about Geben. Yeah. Decent team, never have problems, decent results, decent riders. 
uh, in France, I decided to have a little nose and see what was going on. Their truck and setup is quite impressive. It's very impressive. Like, I was blown away at how big and professional their truck is and everything. Yeah. And I suddenly was like, damn, this was... Yeah, they, the, they, the, the they, they run themselves, yeah. It, it, yeah, you know, don't want to say that one one against another, but at the end of the day, what would be interesting for me is where Tommy would be on a Gabon. Look, I've said it all along, and we can't forget Tommy in Argentina. He was a top five guy. Yeah. There's no reason why he wouldn't be doing he that got, now. I think he got passed on the last he lap was seventh by in the second motor. Paulan in the South. Yeah, he was seventh in that second motor. Okay, a top seven guy. That's yeah. fine. A lot of people like to get on Tommy, and as yeah. boss have become... Would you like to get on Tommy? No, you do. But as boss have become unraveled <laughs> on social media let's say that may be the most like PC way of putting it yeah as boss have become unraveled on social media people have started to realise this isn't Tommy's fault but there are still a select few who are somehow blaming Tommy for this <laughs> like there was a comment when I posted the boss Tommy statement someone commented saying that clearly it's all Tommy's fault and I was just like how no this isn't Tommy's fault little joke Peter. yeah <laughs> um <laughs> Do you know what we should do? I think I think we should actually read out some of the comments some weeks because we get some absolute blindness I, I, on, on, on MX Vice. Look, it's not funny. It sucks. Tommy is in a not a good situation. From the outside looking in, it's clearly not going well. No. You don't need to be a soothsayer to come up with that one. A what? Soothsayer? What the hell's a soothsayer? I don't know, but I've heard it. I've heard it before. Have you been watching TV again? No. Soothsayer. I think I've heard that before. I would Google it, but I don't know how to spell soothsayer. But anyway... It's clearly not going well. It's not Tommy's fault. It's not like I, I don't want to. I don't want to like start taking sides and start spouting facts. But it's not like if your bike is breaking <laughs> so much and the team is saying, "Hey, it's not safe to ride." <laughs> but I don't really understand how that can be Tommy's fault. Well, according to some people on the internet. It is. And just to clarify, because I haven't actually updated this on MX Vice yet, so it's probably important to bring this up, soon as we're now talking about Boss. So Boss put out their statement. Tommy actually commented it on Facebook, commented on their statement on Facebook, saying, just to clarify, I was told it was not safe to race from the team because they could not determine the problem. Of course, I would then not race knowing this. Fair enough. I haven't got a problem with that. I think it's... I think it's fair. I don't think it's negative. On I think that's it's, it's common sense. But I think that's like, someone tells you it's not safe to race, you probably shouldn't. You're not going to go, nah, fuck yeah. it, mate. I'm going to send it. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah. Just going to get on that and wide open. Throw three sheets into the window, whatever you call it. I, okay. Um, but yeah, it's not good, is it? No. Is it going to turn around? Well, You'd hope so. It can get worse. I don't know. <laughs> How? I thought that on Saturday night. And then yes, no, yes, no came out. <laughs> Uh, Which is true. Like that's not even a joke. That's true. I just, honestly, um, should we? Uh, for people, I mean, we're talking about this, but people may not know what's actually happened. So, can, can, should we do that now? Do what? Should we? Should we actually read? The... Oh, I'm not sure. I'm ready for that. Oh, I think you are. Yeah, but we're not even talking about the one that we're going to read. Oh, I think we should tell people now because we're talking about this PR, but people don't know what the PR is. Before the Tommy PR, everyone was having a little giggle. At, um, a PR that came out the day before about Bobrashev. <laughs> So, but it was like, let's love, do that. I don't know if I want no, it now. No, I think you I want to back out. No, <laughs> I don't know if I, I'm not a good actor. No, it's, it's not about acting. Just let's do it. Okay. I'll, re- I'll read you the Bobrashev statement. Okay. Let me just. Let's set the mood. Should we, should we lower the lights? <laughs> I can't believe you're making me do this. It's uh, kind of is... just an off air joke. But... No, no, no. It's, 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 it's beautiful. So, this is the uh, Bobrashev statement. Okay. Are you ready? Paraphrase a little okay. bit. Okay. We need a drum roll or something. So, this is what they wrote. <laughs> okay. With some. <laughs> oh, yeah. Set the mood list. To Evgeny. 
We were lucky to meet you at the peak of your career. We were lucky to make you make you test our bike. We were lucky to score the first MXGP points of our career with you. We were lucky to get our first top 10 together. We were lucky to sign you for one more year. We were lucky to have you understanding our ideas. We were also lucky to have you try to race for first MXGP despite the risk problem. We were also lucky, again, <laughs> to have the understanding that healing correctly is important. We were then lucky again to have you back with the team in June and showing direct excellent speed in Russia. But you were totally unlucky, Evgeny. Unlucky. With your new injury. Evgeny, the whole team wish you the best recovery possible. Take your, take your time to heal. You will be working, walking, cycling, and running in not time. <laughs> Like, I shouldn't laugh at broken English, but it actually says that. It ends by saying you will be walking, cycling, and running in not time. <laughs> this is fantastic. Please come home, Evgeny. We miss you. Do you reckon... Was that on there as well? No, I just... Oh, like, oh, do you reckon that Tommy's, like, under the awning, and they just look at him and going, you're not, you're not Evgeny. Evgeny doesn't <laughs> treat us like this. <laughs> Pop, Poppy loves us. <laughs> Wow, that's uh, very emotional. I have chills. Yeah, very emotional. They're so, multiplying. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm actually sweating after that. I really yeah, yeah, no, you got a bit, got a bit, yeah. Your forehead's glowing. Did I, was the music loud enough? Yeah, I think, I think we all got the gist of it. Yeah, it's very emotional. I just, we were lucky. In, to summary, we were lucky. Who, who was lucky? Boss. Oh. We, we were also lucky to have that. Yeah. Thank you, boss. Thank they, you. Are, they are the team that just keeps giving, literally. Nothing compares to them. Yeah. We're just trying to see the funny. I just love it. I just, We're just love it. trying to see the funny side of this. <laughs> so, should we read out the Tommy Sorrel one? Uh, I feel like everyone's read it, but... Okay. We have had a lot of... Let me... Let me... Look, let me let's update the uh, comment count on MX Vice. Okay. We are now at... It was 87? I'm not sure, but it is now at... Drum roll. Oh, that's gone wrong. 107 comments. Wow. People are very interested in this. Any, any angry, angry people? At where? At what On side? the comments. Yeah, but at Tommy or at Boss? Uh, either. Is there um, still people in denial that it's Tommy? Uh, shouldn't read that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, anyway. Uh, if, if shouldn't you, read that one either. If you want some fun, um, then head over to MXY's Facebook and, uh, and check out the comments. Someone's put somebody please rescue him next season. And rescue may be a strong word. I'm not going to go there. Yeah. But it's almost important for us to talk about this because maybe you want to give Tommy 10% of the blame. Okay. Say, okay, it can't all be the team. Fair enough. Yeah. This isn't Tommy's fault. And the worst thing that could possibly come of this is other teams in the paddock or in the world looking at this and blaming Tommy. So it's important to convey because the team statement didn't do a very good job of doing that. Yeah. No, they did not do a good job of doing that. Yes, it probably wasn't a great PR. <laughs> well, there, one comment what is interesting is somebody's put on there, why does his bike's not break in, in the British Championship? Oh, you want me to run with that? Yeah. Well, you've thrown yourself well, completely under the bus on this show, so what? I'm just happy for you to carry on running with it. Oh, no, you can do that then. No. I don't, I don't, if you, I didn't realize, I thought I was being funny. Oh, no, you are. You're really funny. <laughs> Really, you told really me this was funny. a good idea. <laughs> I literally came in 
Yeah. And because James obviously doesn't look at motocross in general. No. So I told him about the Bobrashev statement and I said, I really feel like this song needs to go over the back of it. Interesting. And then did the little thing. And he was like, oh, you should do that on a podcast. Interesting. I have a new UFC show coming out soon. Oh, is that your new sport? Yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, it's called UFC Vice. That's a terrible name. Okay, whatever. I think to this day, people still don't understand why MX Vice is called MX Vice. <laughs> don't know. Really? I'm not sure I really... Like, what? Right, okay. Well, um... It's the type of tool you use in woodshop to uh, hold two things together? Very good. Yeah. Not dick. Well, that's true. Um, so, uh, MX Vice is called MX Vice because everybody who's involved in motocross can relate to this. So, when you think of motocross and you think about money, then literally all the sensible parts of your body and everything else disappear. And it's like money turns into monopoly money. It's not real. So what you do is you spend all your money on motocross. And then when you're out of money, you then get a credit card or a loan or anything else, sell your car. And then you just keep spending money on motocross because you're addicted and you love it. So, and that doesn't stop. And this is like uh, me, it's you, it's schoolboy dads, little Billy, who's going to get possibly 31st in a club championship, has to have two bikes just in case one breaks down, £120,000 motorhome and so on. So they have to have this because, and, and what happens is it's, it's like, it's, it's a vice. It's like gambling. It's like prostitution. It's like everything else. It's, it's a vice. Okay. Thanks I'm that. not saying that there's prostitutes in motocross. I'm just saying that, you know, that's where MX Vice came from. I actually see motocross as a vice because you cannot help yourself. Okay. Thanks for that. There we go. A little bit of history lesson there. But to defend boss and tying in nicely with that, yeah. they obviously want to do this. And okay. I, I like the fact that maybe they don't have the means, maybe they don't have all of their eggs in a, uh, their ducks in a row right now. Maybe no. not. Fair enough. No. They clearly care enough to want to keep trying to make it right. 100%. They're not quitting. They're not walking away no, from well, this. To, their actual PRs are refreshing because it's not the same oh, yeah, if bollocks like, which comes yeah, out every it's week. it's funny, but at least it's got some kind of personality yeah. to it. Um, and you say and, they're not quitting. Actually, in the PR, it's highlighted that no, nobody in the team will give up. No. And I like <laughs> that. You know, they're, they're, they're down and they've on said, their And again, they've said, no. No. The organisation of an MXGP team is not peaceful or easy. The, the one thing which worries me is going forward, I felt, how do they recover from this? I don't know. I mean, what rider is going to want to ride from next year? I said this to someone at the weekend. Okay, look at the two things. A rider who could potentially find himself needing a team, Bogus. Yeah. Would you? If you were Bogus, I would be scared. And two... Van Horbeck was linked to the team in January when yeah. he couldn't find a ride. Yeah, he knew, was nearly the third rider, yeah. wasn't he? A, I feel like doing three riders wouldn't have ended well. Mm. And B, Van Horbeck's really landed on his feet and proven that there's an alternative path. If you can find somebody who's willing to back you. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel okay. like we've done enough of that, though. Yeah. Right, well, let's have a, let's have a little break. We can both have a Already? Drink. Yeah. Yeah, we can have a little break. We can, uh, the guys can listen to a little advert which supports uh, the show. Remember, 24 Max Pit Mats. This week only, 29.99. That's 29.99. Looking great for your pit setup, your garage at home. Um, Different colours. There's a few different designs yeah. as well. You, you can kind of roll your kids up in them as well and then grab one end if you and want, um, throw them. If you, want, if you want a special link to get a discount, then message us on Twitter and I'll yeah. send it to you. You can also make love to beautiful women on a pit mat. Okay. Or men, whatever you're into. I think what James is trying to say here is they're multi-purpose. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you can just wash them off. The jet wash. Yeah. Just in case you get anything on them. Spider-Man. Okay. Um, right. We'll be back. Yeah, Max. Yeah, Fight show. 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 show.
For everything in the world of motocross, head to mxvice.com, at Motocross Vice on Twitter, and search MX Vice on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. All content is now available in Spanish and Italian. BMX Vice Show. Hey, hope you enjoyed that. Lewis, uh, hope you enjoyed what we had for. No, it was the Lewis, Lewis, you... Lewis rendition to uh, Nothing Compares to You. Yeah, but since that, they've listened to an advert and all sorts. Well, I'm sure the advert was Nothing Compares to You. And also, to that you. was like 10 minutes before the advert. All right, fuck <laughs> I'm just a bit confused where you're you coming at with us. You're so over-analytical and critical on me with this show. I just, I just want you to be... I told you, if you want to find another fucking host... I just want you to be the best that you can be. This is the best. Oh, it ain't getting oh, better. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. I'm, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I'm having a break after this. What? Until next Wednesday? Yes. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Actually, you need to find a co-host. Why? Because uh, uh, Indonesia, you're going to be in Indonesia. I'm going to be here. Yeah, but we're going to try and figure out the phones, aren't we? Mexico, I'm going to be away on holiday. Yeah, but you'll be back after Lockett, won't you? Uh, maybe. Because you're, because you're here for Lomo, and Lomo's a week after Lockett, so you must be. Damn it. I think we are doing great. That yeah. might be a bit strong. I think we're slight. I think if I had to rate this podcast... Okay, 11 episodes in, I would, say, four. I would say C plus, slightly above average, could be better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually, I am quite an above average person. So there's that. Right. So we best move on because uh, I don't even know what we're doing here. Um, where are we? Geyser, Crowley, you got something wrong again. Let's move on to I this. think we're, we're done with um, yeah. Crowley and Geyser. No, uh, let's move on to the next thing you got wrong. Tonus. I don't remember what I said about Tonus. Oh, I got adamant I got it wrong. Uh, no, you said that uh, nice to see him, but then he was gonna, just going nice to crash or whatever, him. blah, blah, blah. Then after two weeks, two podiums in a row, you were like, yeah, maybe it's kind of a bit of a fluke. So all depends on whether he can carry it on. And then he goes and gets the third podium. So at what point do you think that Tonus is back? This is the real deal? I don't think for the um, third rider. I think that... You've got Crowley, Geyser, Herlins, yep. consistent threats. The rest are going to have their swings and roundabouts. Like Paul Ann was, was doing exactly what Tonus had done, three podiums in a row. I, Although... I, I know what you're saying, but what other rider this year, you're the stat man, what other rider this year has put together three consecutive podiums, not including Geyser and Crowley? Mm, Pauline did two in a row. Yeah. That's it. Feather has only had Brilliant. One. So everything you're going to tell me now is just out of Sue bollocks. has only had one. Yeah. Who was, was third overall at Volkenswad? I don't know. I don't care about it. I know that I'm right on this one. So crack on. What, yeah. do you, what, what do you want me to crack on with? Well, you've just said that Tonus is not the third rider because blah, 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 blah. He's not da, da, da. He's the only person this year to have three consecutive oh, podiums outside. The... <laughs> just was looking at who was on the podium at Volkenswad. Yeah. You've just yeah, actually... And to be fair, none of those other riders have actually challenged for a win as much as Tonus did this past weekend. Exactly. So good job. Great, this is good. And also, another thing to watch out for is the fact that he's actually creeping up in the series standings. Where is he in the standings now? At seventh still, which is what he was before Russia. Yeah. But crucially, he is now seventh and only uh, roughly 25 points down on Paul Ann in third. Wow. And he's really pulled some points back, hasn't he? I'm just interested. I said it before. Races. I'm just interested to see what happens. If he keeps nipping away and beating Paul Ann completely, uh, consistently, yeah. I'm just interested. Because Paul Ann likes to be the number one guy. We, yeah. Like, we know that. Everyone yeah. knows that. Fun fact for you. Actually, wasn't it? Okay. Uh, going back to that, Paul Ann must have had three podiums this year, but not consecutive. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. Uh, Matterley, Mantova, and Trentino. 
Okay. No, not consecutive. But this is this is a statement by tennis. Oh yeah, completely. No one expected this. And had like okay, so Tonus could have realistically won the Russian GP had he not been impatient. I do think that was him being impatient because he had six minutes left on the clock. So, but uh, had he done that, or had you said at the beginning of the year, oh, um, Tonus is going to win a overall this year, I would have said you are absolutely insane, insane, or on crack. Cocaine. I would have just picked up my laptop and actually thrown it across the room at your head and been like, what? A bit harsh. <laughs> so it's, it is crazy to find us to find to be ourselves fair, I've had in enough situation. people damaging laptops in this company. Okay, that's not a dig at me. It is crazy the situation that we now find ourselves in. Yeah. Will it continue? I think he's now a consistent top five guy. Obviously, the podium streak has to end at some point. It does. So let's not, if he gets fifth overall at Latvia, let's not scream and shout. Yeah. This is like getting black 11 on the roulette table three times in a row. And you're like, it's never going to happen a fourth time. It's never going to happen. I've been on that table. So Latvia, obviously, Latvia will be interesting because that isn't necessarily his place. No. He got injured. Well, no, he didn't get injured there. But um, do you remember 2017? The first yeah, year? I really remember that. Yeah. The first year that Wilvo existed in its current form. Yeah. And both Simpson and Tonus crashed out of that round. Simpson damaged his hand. And uh, Tonus, I don't think Tonus was injured, but he definitely beat himself up quite bad. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Just not sure what, how that's relevant, but just a little fact for you there. And yeah. another fun fact. It's called showing off. Um, so Tonus has had three decent rounds in a row now. Yeah. He's gone 3-3, three, 3-3, three, 2-2. Three, three, two, two. This is not. His best race, best three round run ever, though. Oh. No. Uh, oh. Because in 2014, yeah. in Brazil, Italy, and Bulgaria, he amassed 133 points by going first, second, second, third, second, second. Whereas now, in this current free race run, he's only on 124 points. But he's close. So he's pretty much, and considering the level of competition, what's happened to him since then, it's kind of a phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. <laughs> what the fuck? Phenomenon. Phenomenal. He, no, he's phenomenal, yes. or it's a phenomenon. No, I'm, what I'm saying is he's phenomenal. 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 But uh, yeah, it's, it's, fair, it's, it's fair play to the guy, because I yeah. don't think anyone expected this. Like I said, everyone... And a massive comeback after injury. Everyone was questioning whether... Wilvo were right in... Yep, yep, whether they should have re-signed him, myself included. I thought they were crazy, as I've covered before, but yep. that's why they earned the big bucks, and I'm moving forward. And you're doing a shitty little podcast with me. Although, as the Wilvo, Monster Energy Wilvo, Yamaha MXGP PR person, yeah. I do take some credit for Tonus's rise. How? I'm not sure. But I'm part of the team. team. Yeah. Well, I'm part of the team as well. Have you not seen um, their, uh, their new workshop on the wall? It's got team yeah. in massive letters. I'm part of that team. Yeah, but you're not in the photo like I am. What photo? Oh, he didn't ask you. What? <laughs> so, right. Um, Wait, what? Quick, moving on. Um, what the hell are you on about? Nothing. Oh. Uh, um, so, Curlins. He's back. Yeah, he is. And what a... I think as far as returns go, that was about as quiet as they can come. Yeah. Because there's not really much to say. He came back. He didn't bust himself up. He didn't do anything crazy, which is a good thing. Yeah. And... Um, but yeah. that, that was a mature Hurlins yeah. performance. And he even, said, he even said after the race that uh, he went into the second race fully aware that people had crashed hard. And he was fully aware that he just had to get through it, which he did. Yeah. I think given his speed in uh, the Adak series and Dutch Masters. It wasn't overly surprising how fast he was, but I was surprised how well he kept it together in the races, considering how much it was clear his race craft, not craft, race fitness had suffered yeah. in that time off. Because he didn't get winded. It was 30 degrees. Yeah. So yeah, he kept it together pretty well. And fourth overall, I think a podium this weekend isn't a 
a ridiculous claim. It's too early for a win, I think, but I think he can podium quite easily. Really? What? To a, what are you saying really to? The podium bit or the win bit? Uh, podium. Oh, he can podium this weekend? Yeah. You don't think so? Well, he I'm was just... fourth in Russia. Yeah. One more step, and it's a soundtrack. Okay. And he's got one more week under his belt. The weather will be a little kinder. Uh, 24 degrees roughly at the moment. Rains, uh, thunderstorms hmm. on Sunday afternoon. But Where, Where's the wind coming from? Is that a west or easterly? Ah, uh, funny. Um, but actually, that's actually an interesting point, because this weekend, uh, Friday, it's meant to thunder yep. all day. Saturday's meant to be sunny, and then Sunday afternoon's meant to thunder as well. So Okay, could be fun. Good luck uh, over there. You seem to just miss some mud races. <laughs> <laughs> no, to an art. No, I don't think it'll be a mud, though. Actually, um, uh, whilst you're in, the, uh, in Indonesia this year, I'm, I'm off to Junior World Cup in uh, Trentino. Are you really? Yeah, I am. Yeah. I was really hoping you wouldn't be because I don't really want you to do that. Why not? Because what are you saying? It's like, if there was... You're not happy about me doing live updates? If You're not doing live updates. <laughs> if there was a world... If there was a... It's like sending your B team. Oh, this is hard. <laughs> well, I was going to say C. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> it's like... It's, it's like you run... You'd be captain of the C team. It's like you're running this team. Yeah. And to the World Cup, you've sent the cleaner. <laughs> Right. Yeah. You could catch my drift. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't really catch your drift. Oh. I don't really know what you're on about. Because... But either way, I didn't know you were doing that, so. Yeah. Good job. Well, you're going to Indonesia. Yeah. And you're doing nine flights. Yes. Nine in... flights in 10 days. In 10 days. Yep. I'm really busy that weekend. So... <laughs> it's actually two weekends. Yeah. Uh, so I um, decided that I think I'd go and support my colleague at the Junior World Cup. Have yeah. fun. No, it's, it's cool. So... Right. I think that's enough about Hurlins because, like I said, quiet. quiet that's weekend. good. Like, I feel like I'm quite impressed that no one has tried to put a negative spin on it. Because you know how fans are? Sometimes they don't understand. Yeah. Always done. The some first... people, yeah. Some people, ex- yeah. like, they come back. People would expect Hurlins to just go one and yeah. demolish the field. But everyone seems to kind of get his situation. So that's yeah. good. And for what it's worth, Hurlins has said multiple times that uh, Indonesia is where he thinks he'll be able to kick it up a gear a little bit. Ah, that's interesting. So. Bring on Palambang. Um, so you got your little notebook in front of you? You've skipped a rider who needs to be talked about. That's what I was going to ask you. You've got your notebook in front of you. Yeah, but you've, you've, who would you like to talk about next? You've just completely skipped over a rider. You went from second overall to fourth overall. I, I didn't realise we were doing it. Oh, no, I, we're not. But poor Jeremy Sewer. Who? Jeremy Sewer. You're just not giving him the credit he deserves. Oh. And as much as you want to say that I'm wrong about everything. Yeah. Have I not been here for quite a while? Yeah. So now you've got a poster of him on your wall. And even more impressive than... Uh, Arno Tonis's charge up the points is Sewer, who is now fourth in the championship, just 11 points down on Paul Ann. Wow. Which is quite interesting because I don't like imagine if Sewer at the end of the year is still with a bronze medal around his neck. As much as I thought it'd be good and everything, I don't think anyone would have called that. What? To finish third in the championship? Yeah. It's realistic. Mm-hmm. Completely realistic. And what, for, what does that mean? What, what do you mean? I don't know. You, you emphasize it. What does it mean if he gets third? Nothing. In the championship. It's just quite an achievement. Okay. I don't know what. But also interesting, because uh, obviously we've got this little internal Wilvo factory battle, yeah, which isn't a battle, but we're making it out to be one because it is interesting to see we're like that story. dynamic. Yep, yep. There, there must be some rivalry there. There's got to be rivalry between the official factory team and with what Wilvo doing at the moment, which is technically not far off a factory team. Oh, yeah. But there's got to be some... Mm, I don't want to say. Oh. Yeah, but there's got to be some type of rivalry. 
I'll tell you, and especially actually, with Jeremy swapping. There is actually one thing I really want to talk about. Jeremy has harped on the fact that he is now on a proper factory team many, many, many times. Really? He is harping on that. From my interviews to the MXGP team report, like, oh, yes, I, I, I was used to being in a full factory team with Suzuki, and now I'm back to having that kind of environment. So what, what's he, what, is he intimating? What, what? No, just keep saying that. What's been missing, what, what he feels is missing? I, he just or said, was missing? From what I remember when I spoke to him, and I haven't spoken to him in a while, but he said it was just down to the details, the little details of the experience that comes with being a factory team for however many years. Oh, okay. But he's harped, he's harping on that a lot. And just interesting because obviously you look at Wilbo, mm-hmm. it's clearly working. <laughs> clearly, yeah. yeah. Just interesting that he kind of thinks that way. Yeah. And obviously with what's going to be coming up in the future, which we can't talk about, so don't even try. Yeah. That's let's also just, interesting. Let's just hope there's no bridges burnt then. I don't think it's that at all, but all Yamaha contracts are up, so that's going to be interesting to watch. It's a tight squeeze. Okay, so you're happy you've mentioned Jeremy. Yeah, and I also felt like he was just generally relieved to be finally get on the podium because obviously it has been a little while, a year and a half. Jonas came in and did it in five races, which, as I mentioned, must have rubbed him up the wrong way a little bit. So I think now that he's got that done, is uh, I think now that he's got that done, he it could open the floodgates and there could be a lot more. Would I go as far as to say I'm not going to go as far as to say that Sewer will win a moto this year? I'm also not, I, I don't think that's going to happen. I'm also not going to back out of it completely. Really. I don't know. I just got a feel. I just, I really feel like this is trending in a positive direction. Maybe it's not good for you to be away from MXGP. What? Because I go crazy. Yeah. <laughs> did, <laughs> Funny. Did your um, mum come back at the the weekend and you started scribbling on the wallpaper and stuff like that? What were like stats? Yeah. <laughs> Pacing around the room. <laughs> no, I was actually. Lewis, what have you done to my front room? I was actually more chilled than I expected. Really? Yeah. 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 Just sat back with a pint of Bailey's and a cigar. Not that far. Okay. But um, yeah. Right. Okay. Um, Should we uh, cover the fourth Yamaha rider, seeing as we're rattling through those quite quickly? Yep. Feverer uh, hit his ankle slash foot in the first race to yep. so slow down a little bit. But look good on the qualifying. Yep. Nothing to worry about. Nothing. Just nothing. It's fine. Uh, actually, this is a question that I wanted to ask you based oh. on Feverer. Oh, God. Actually, before we do that, I've just got one more stat for you. Okay. Yamaha base, because obviously we're going to move on. Yep. Uh, Paul Ann, in the last three races, he's only got 56 points. Wow. Wow. Uh, guess when the last time he had a free race run as bad as that was? I would say 2014. No. 2016, the last three rounds, uh, which was Assen, Charlotte, Glen Helen, he only got uh, 43 points. Wow. In three rounds. But it's been a while since it's not, he's had this rougher run in a couple of rounds. Yeah. So just a little point there. And also an interesting look at how many points he's given up. Because in the last three rounds, he's only got 56 points. And Guys has got 150. <laughs> and, what, and what did you say, Tonus? In the last three rounds? Yeah. Tonus has had 124. Wow, so that's right. He's pulled 70 points back on, yeah. on Paul Allen in the last But this is what I was saying with the whole Caroli Udavala 2012 thing. It can change quite quickly. Yeah. And I know I'm kind of contradicting myself because back when... <laughs> oh, <laughs> shocking. No, I know when guys are first um, yeah. screwed up in Mandeville, I kind of was against that. And, but oh. that was more a Caroli-focused bit. Yeah, you were definitely against that, yeah. And I think that's where my Paul Allen not winning a GP thing comes from. The fact that although we've seen him do this podium, podium streak and everything's good, we've also seen this little rough run that kind of comes to the surface at point. So I think that's where my thoughts from that come from. But the question I wanted to ask you, there's 11 rounds left? Yeah. Christ. 
that, that was like a dagger to the heart hearing that. Don't worry, you've still got nations. Then you've That's got 12. European Supercross. 13. Geneva, it's 13. It's only 13. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, one question I wanted to ask you. Okay, so 11 rounds left. Guys has won GP this year. Herlins has won a GP this year. No, not Herlins, Caroli. Who is going to win a GP for the rest of the year? What other riders will win? Are we talking overall or just yeah, a race? just overall. Uh, overall. Overall. Who else will win an overall this year? Given how he's performing at the moment, um, you've got to believe that Tonus might go with a two and a one. No. Tonus... <laughs> just going back to the boss. You didn't get that at all, did you? No. Boss. Oh, no. yes. Sorry, no. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Tonus could win a GP. Yes, Hurlins could win a GP. No. no, actually, yes, Paul Anker win a GP. No, <laughs> Sewer can't win a GP. I don't think Tonus will, and not because I don't think he's capable or anything. I'm just looking at um, I just I'm just looking at it realistically and the options that are coming up, the races that are coming up. Yeah. So Herlins is going to win a GP this year. Shocker, I know, gone out on a limb there, and also I think Federal will. Uh, yeah, that's which a is good big. Shout. Yeah, but, I agree. And that, and that, oh yeah, wow, going out on a limb there, saying that a former world champion is no, going to no, win no, a GP. He hasn't won one since June 2016. When he wins a GP, it is going to be an emotional that's, thing. Like, that's a long time. As far as stories go, I'm actually looking forward to him getting on the top step again because I feel like it's going to be a proper emotional... He's had concussion after concussion after injury after injury in that time. Like That's going to be a big thing. I think only those two will be the other riders to win a GP this year. Though. What, Herlin's in February? Yeah. You can't see Turner and Paulan? No. I think, I think they do. I don't. Yeah, I think they do. £10? Lewis Sucks t-shirt. Which are still sitting in the uh, lobby. Yeah, have you sent those out yet? Why am I... I, I Give you one job. What? No, you haven't one given me job. that job at all. You actually are... You're actually outsiders? Outsiders? <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. So who do you want to talk about next? Uh, you've got a, a notebook full of little, little... There is actually one thing, not to retrace our steps here, but there is one thing that needs to be discussed. So Dassault fractured his tib and fib in yep. Russia. Horrible crash. Yep. Unfortunate because he was undefeated at Russia. Some could say he still is because he didn't technically get beaten. Right. Because he DNF, DNF'd. The only pe- person to beat DeSalle in Russia is DeSalle. Okay, fair enough. But obviously he's going to be out for a little while. Uh, timeline isn't confirmed yet. But people are calling for Tommy to get on his bike. Now, I've done some digging. Yeah. Obviously, I don't want to give away my sources, nor yep. do I want to give away what was said exactly. Don't bring sources, dude. I wouldn't hold out much hope. I think that's fair enough to say it's not going to happen. It doesn't. And already before I spoke to some people about this, I kind of felt that way because obviously we've seen this situation come up in the past, like where KRT riders have got hurt and Tommy just hasn't got a look in. And again, I don't see it happening. And my source effectively told me it's not going to happen. And additionally, Boss only have one rider now. So if Tommy leaves, that that team's effectively shutting down. Yeah. Which, no comment. (laughs) But... um. Yeah, so I wouldn't hold out much hope. But people are going to want to talk about that. And just to let everyone know, I've done some research. Not looking good. Okay, so... I am interested, though, to see how much the public can sway this. Really? Well, everyone's calling for this a lot. Like, I haven't seen everyone unite as much as this in a while. What, you think that Kawasaki would no, give in? No, but I'm just interested to see if, if, the, if the worldwide fans can push this. Like, not push this, but I'm just interested yeah. to see what, if, it, if that does anything. I think maybe if they had Bob, Bobashev wasn't injured, um, there's factors. But it's just going to show weakness. If they, if they give in as a team, it's just going to show weakness. Yeah. 
But I just wanted to cover that because um. So one thing I was going to ask you is important. another thing when you when you do the interview this week. Um, is Boss, don't, it's not confirmed. Don't say that because you said that as if it's happening. I'm a long way out. From oh that. no, no. I think I'm, I've got confidence in you. As a first, it'd be interesting to find out if this opens up an opportunity on Geben or for this for, for Gwilla. Why would I talk to Boss about that? Because are they going to replace Bobrichev with another rider? Oh, are they just going to go? Well, you said Geben then. Yeah, but Geben Lupino's out for a while. Oh yeah, uh, four fractured vertebrae and a broken bone in his sternum. Yeah, so I'm guessing... And it's for sternum that's actually the biggest issue okay. from text I've seen. Yeah, so um, I'm guessing that he's going to be out for, for... Yeah, I'm not so sure. Really? Well, I don't, I don't know. I just, at first, obviously, it was quite serious. It seemed quite serious. Yeah. And when they were talking about uh, Lupino flying back to Italy, I presume that would be, like, air ambulance. But it seems like he kind of was up and about and just doing it himself. Obviously, he's got back brakes on. Yeah. So, I don't know. But it's definitely, a, it's definitely not as bad as it initially seemed. And okay, well, there that's, were some, that's great news. There were some worrying phone calls. and Yeah, I'm sure there were. So, yeah, but just a quick update on that. But uh, what were you talking about? <laughs> Gwilla, I was just wondering whether what's happened is going to open up an opportunity for him. Hey, uh, hey, uh, Valentin, it's uh, Boss here. Uh, we'd like you to ride our bike. No, GPs. no. I can't see I'm out. how that's going to go. I'm out. <laughs> I, I can't see how that's going to go yeah. if it does, if it did happen, but yeah. I don't think it will. No, they okay. need to focus on Tommy. Yeah. Get that fixed. Yep. And then look at something else. Yeah. Maybe they can just borrow the sales bike. Maybe they just roll it over. I have wondered whether we can just change some graphics yeah. and he could, Tommy could still technically be on boss and then have, because factory teams have done it in the past where a satellite team rider has had a factory bike with the team's graphics on, the satellite team's graphics, and then an engineer from the factory team has been in charge of overseeing the satellite team and making sure the satellite team effectively doesn't fuck it up. So could that situation work out? But then I feel like that's obviously that's not going to benefit KRT because what are they getting from that? So it's kind of a goodwill thing and it would have to be actioned by uh, Kawasaki. Can you imagine though if he did get that bike and went top five? We hope. There we go. Anyway, moving on. Cold enough? I said at the What's going on there? I said at the beginning of the season that would give him time. Yeah, you've We've given him, him time. time. <laughs> Clock is ticking. You actually gave him way more time than Bogus, and Bogus has got a second. <laughs> <laughs> well, Coldenoff told me that he should be back to himself around this time. He whole shot the first, uh, second race. He led the second race. Uh, was leading for quite a while. Went back to ten. This should be better, and especially based on Mantova, where after that five week break, he came out set fast lap times in practice, and it was like, whoa, Coldenoff's back. He kind of is still floating in no man's land. So I'm not sure what it's going to take to kickstart that thing, but um, but there's not much to say about that. It's just not happening. And let's talk about Ice One as well, because we've got two riders. We've got Jonas, who seems to be getting better each week. And we've seen Jazakonis, who literally lit up the start of the season, looked super fast, like Falcons fired, was literally the fastest guy on track, and seems to be, I don't know, is it still starts? Are we still saying starts? Uh, first of all, hello, Arminus. Arminus. I know, Arminus. <laughs> um, I know you listen. Uh, as you can tell, that's James shitting on you there, not me. Just wanted to make that clear. Good luck this weekend in Latvia. We're rooting for you. Have a good one. You really are. A... <laughs> I nearly dropped a C-bomb on you there. <laughs> this took 11 episodes um, and that nearly came out. But in the last seven motos, Jazakonis has gone 15, 11, 11, 7, 11, 9, 11. It's not what he wants. It's not what... But interestingly, on the starts thing, I, I did some research, and this year in the motos, his average start position has been 13. Okay. And if you want to quickly rattle through his starting positions in each moto, 
It's been 10, 10, 14, 4, 10, 9, 12, 5, 6, 23, 16, 19, 12, 21, 13, 15. Wow. So You don't get out much, do you? It's not, there's not much positive in the old starts category, so I think you've got to keep putting it down to that. Especially on this track, and this actually brings me to a point that I wanted to bring up about the boss thing. <laughs> can, you, can you just talk for two seconds while I get my um, note up? Well, I wrote something down about this. Going back to Arminus, Latvia, I, I do expect him to do well this weekend. Oh yeah, 100%. I think we'll see him back, and he's, I actually tip him for a podium this week. He's definitely going in my MX, MX Manager well, team. You've also got to look at the start. So the start at um, Kegums massively favours the inside. If he can get a good qualifying result, like he did on Suzuki in 2017, then he can get a whole shot because he can just tuck around the inside, which is exactly what he did that year. He got a whole shot. Suzuki's only whole shot that year in MXGP. So there's potential for it all to come together there. The track's going to be good for him. And I'd say anything less than a top six overall, and a said six to give him a bit of leeway, yeah. would be disappointing. Realistically, I'm thinking top five. Yeah. I'm thinking podium. I genuinely think he's, he's probably super frustrated and I think it's back in Eastern Europe. I think with, the, with the, the track lends itself quite nicely to him. I think he can do very, very well. So it'd be interesting to see whether I'm wrong or I'm right this, at the end of this weekend. Right. So final thing I'm going to say about Boss. I'm leaving it alone after that. But this, there was one bit about it that kind of rubbed me up the wrong way a little bit. Just Really? I was, I was just a bit like, why? It was like, leave out, mate. So the first one that I said was, yes. This was the very first start of the PR. Yes. Tommy wasn't feeling comfortable on the track 23-17 in free and time practice. The track was very fast and times were closer than ever. So, yes, in a... Yes. <laughs> in a... <laughs> yes. Um, no. Oh, I've lost my notes. No. Where's yes. My, where's my little written down bit gone? Um, uh, yes, in time practice, Tommy was 17th. He was only a second off of 8th. And 8th was Jeremy Sewer, who got on the podium. <laughs> so, like, okay, he was 17th. That's black and white. That's a result. Let's not say over-dramatize the result, though. Yeah. Like, everyone was close, and every, if you look at every other team's social media, if their rider was whatever result, they were saying, like, times are close. Like, it's a game of inches. Yeah. And also, guess who was 16th? Uh... Jeffrey Herlins. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> He's not that fast. Another classic Jeffrey Herlins-Tommy Cell battle. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I, didn't, I, was, I just read that and I was like, really? Okay, I think you've stirred up enough. No, I'm not, st- I just, that one point, I, the rest, that one point, I was just like, come on. Come yeah, on. really? But that's the only thing. I like it. Okay, Van Horbeek, what's happened? I guess you just put it down to his shoulder, still. He told me that he would be top 10 by now. And oh God, I've got hiccups. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, I've been waiting for this moment. Um, so uh, guys, keep a listen out to uh, Lewis's hiccups because they get more female as um, we go through the show so now. Van um, Horbeek had shoulder surgery before Vulcan, uh, before Mantova. Yeah. Shouldn't have even been racing at Mantova, technically, if you yeah. go off doctor's advice. But told me that by Russia, he should be in a position to battle in the top 10. Right. It obviously didn't happen. I'm just putting it down to that. Track was sketchy. Track was fast. Needed a lot of brute strength just to keep a hold of a 450 around there. Like, putting it down to that needs to kind of pick it back up quite soon, though. And when I say pick it back up, I just mean get back into, like, but yeah, bit of a. I'd say that was probably the disappointment of Russia. Okay, Lieber, quietly going about business. And uh, to emphasise the quietly fact, I went to write down some stats about him, and I was just like, "There's nothing to say because it's just quiet but effective." Yeah. So like a silent assassin. Yeah. Each week. But this is why I think he'll get re-signed to Kawasaki at the end of the year, and everyone's going to be surprised. But really, he's he's doing a job. 
a solid second second team guy. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Okay. Anything else you want to talk about MXGP wise before we move on? Uh, we've run through everyone's injuries. Oh, Bob Chef. He's out now. Broke, broke his tip fib. So he's and he's also having wrist surgery. He was always going to go under the knife after Russia anyway to fix his wrist. Yeah. And now he's got to have his knee, uh, leg, knee fixed as well. So you'd presume that's his year done. Yeah. Will he come back next year? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Why yeah. Not? I don't know. I'd say it's not. I wouldn't stamp it. Yeah. But yeah. I, I can't see uh, why you would see Max Anstey back and finishing two motos, getting establishing some kind of base to build off of moving forward. That's yep. kind of what he needed to do. Latvia will be much better for him. And he was fourth in a qualifying race, which yeah, I mean, once again showed that the speed. I've got to be honest, when I seen the qualifying race, he was straight in my MX manager team. So a little bit disappointed by Sunday's results, Max. And another crash that went under the radar, Sever Briliakov. Yeah. Uh, crashed in free practice and was scratched up and had a few hematomas. Ooh. So another one bites the dust. But he's fine. Okay. Finally, HRC have vocally, publicly, vocally said <laughs> that they're looking for more out of Bogas in Latvia. Really? Because it's his type, type, his type of track. And that's all for MXGP. Ah, so that's... Back to you. So that's basically the, the kick up the ass. Like, you're on uh, a factory bike no, and... No, I wouldn't say... No, I wouldn't say that. Oh, now you're just to, for the purpose of being... But no, you just said it. I'm just no, let me trying read, to clarify I, it for everybody. No, basically, obviously, Russia didn't go well. It's been a bit of a theme, but... And then Marcus, oh, I've never actually had to say his name, Marcus Piera de Fritas, I think. Sorry, Marcus. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. He's um, not very good with names. HRC general manager. Yeah. Uh, said, uh, we also hope that Brian can put in another good result next weekend because Kegum should be a much better track for him. As Tim proved today, the bike is capable of two good starts. And if Brian is able to do that, we are confident that his sound skills can put him inside of the top 10 at the end of the motos. Okay, so it's just kind of... Basically saying it should... Like, we kind of, we're confident that this will turn around. Yeah. Not a kick up the arse like you said. Yeah. Okay. All right. Advert? Advert. Do we need to mention the pit mats again or have we done that Let's enough? do it. Hey. $29.99. Yeah, some sexual pit mats for $29.99 on 24MX. You basically need to buy a pit mat in order to keep us doing this show it's kind of well yeah works. they've kind of said to us that if we don't sell at least 20 pit mats off of this then 20 yeah 20. I think we do 20 quite easily but... well I don't know but I thought they... you were going to say 20 million no nah, <laughs> they said if we don't do 20 then we're not back for episode 12 so we're really rely on you I mean just get it for the for, even for the front room you could put a nice coffee table on there uh, you know hardware in if the dog pees on it then you can you can kind of mop it up quite nicely it's, it's good very uh Different colors for the different rooms. Uh, good for your garage. Back of your car. Put your BMX on. I don't know. Yeah, so there we go. Anyway, advert. Bye. Bye. BMX Voice Show. 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 This podcast is brought to you by 24MX, Europe's biggest online motocross store. There are hundreds of your favorite brands at discounted prices, so head over to 24MX.com to shop now. BMX Voice Show. Show. Lewis. Hi. Wake hi. up. Yep, hi. hi. We're back. MX2. MX2. What do you think? Was it? Was it? <laughs> you just can't. You can't even. <laughs> was it a bore show because Prado? No, it's actually all right. The first race he came through, didn't he? So that made a bit of a difference. Made it a little bit spicy for us. What was it actually like watching it on a TV? What for, for you everyone? this weekend? Um, frustrating a little bit, but only because normally I see. <laughs> only because sometimes I see things, and I was like, and there was a few things where I was like, I wonder what's happening there, and then I was like, I would be able to see this and tell people if I was there. Yeah. So, have but, you got your laptop? 
uh, on. Silent, yeah. It doesn't um, seem silent because I heard no, something. No, I just turned it off. Yeah, so it was all right. My comment on the first MX2 moto that I just referenced there about him coming back from 10th is that I'm not surprised that Prado won the moto. I am surprised that the others lost it. Ooh. Cut in. Cut in. Good, good bit of analysis, that, isn't it? Yeah. That was a good bit of analysis. Well done, me. Because if he's in 10th, it's theirs to lose. Yeah. yeah. I'm, and I'm not, Prado can come through from 10th. I'm not surprised by that. But I'm surprised that Olsen had that much of a grip on it and let it go. Hmm. On a track like that that's fast and everyone's supposed to be the same speed and whatever. Yeah. But this is what I've been saying. He is a cut above. Who? Prado. Oh, yeah. I thought you meant Olsen. <laughs> no, but, um, we know how you feel about Olsen. No, I haven't actually mentioned that in a long, old time. What? Since last week. No, I haven't actually mentioned it in a long time, but that, is, that does kind of sum up what I've been talking about a what, little bit. That you expect more. I just feel like he could have and should have held on to that, shouldn't he? I would have thought so, yeah. Okay, he held, like, he held him off until two laps to go. Like, Okay, maybe, maybe I'm being harsh because if he held him off until two laps to go, that's as good as a win, isn't it? Like, he pretty much did the job. But really? That's all. I just feel like he should have won that. Okay. But, yeah. Do you want to talk about Ben? What, straight down? Are you, you, I feel like you're in the mood to rattle through MX2 quite quickly. No, it's just that we, we, I thought we were going away from this whole, um, we're going in positions. Oh, no, just the fact that I just, it seemed like an odd way no, to go. The, the reason why I was going there is because we usually talk about the whole Olsen and Ben. Oh. So it's like, that's ben why was, Ben's come ben, up. I think, ben was uh, quite lucky. Did you see his crash on Saturday? Yeah, I did. Oh, you actually did saw Did the bike hit, hit him on the head? Uh, it looked like it came over. I can't and remember. Yeah. But it was gnarly. He was lucky to get away. Yeah, that was that could have been really bad. Yeah. I'm actually surprised he finished a qualifying race. Yeah. I'm sure he had to change his pants after that one. But uh considering and considering the gate pick and all of that, he actually rode really well, I thought. Especially the second race. You would okay, if you put him and Jacoby in similar situations, I bet you would say that Jacoby would come through better. Wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah, no, no, okay. I, I would, and but it, but to be fair, Ben wiped the floor with Jacoby in both motos, caught him, passed him, dropped him. But we did see in France Jacoby little clinks in the armor yeah, as, as I, well. I thought you were going to say about something different. As I was watching the times and watching Ben close on Jacoby quite rapidly, I did think back to their little... Oh, their little, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know what you call it, their little... Incident. Incident in France. Yeah. And wondered if anything was going to happen there, but obviously not. That's all I've got to say about Ben. No, I, I'm just... I think he said he sprained his wrists quite bad as well in Uncraft. Okay. So considering, Latvia should be good for him, considering if, uh, presuming he's 100%. But should we be expecting more from Jacoby? Oh, Jacoby now. You're really, <laughs> barely keep up. Uh, Jacoby, Jacoby is having a very Jazzaconis season. Yeah. Very Jazzaconis season. And I don't really know what to put my finger on for it, but it's not, it hasn't been impressive in a while. So what do you make it? Like, I don't know what you make of that. Like, is it going to turn around? You'd think so. I don't know. Was it Portugal? We got a second? Was it Portugal? Was it second in one of the races or second overall? He got a Portugal. He got a second. In, he got a second in a second race in Portugal. Portugal, yeah. And to be fair, he was third in the first race, wasn't he? Until yeah, he crashed. He looked on the last fast. Lap. Yeah, so he looked fast. In Portugal. I guess that was all right. But then France and Russia have been, yeah, poop. Yeah, poop. <laughs> Let's see if he can regroup for Latvia. Mantova was terrible. So yeah, aside from Portugal, which was like a bit of a shining light, and I don't think we can just ignore his crash in the first moto because that is his downfall. Yeah, I think. It's been, it definitely needs to, it's definitely going the wrong way. And he's actually, at one point, he had a big gap over the rest for third in the championship. And he's slipped to fourth and is actually not that far ahead of Vial, Evans, and Watson now. Well, interestingly, on Vial, he seemed to bounce back this week. So he, he's, he didn't have the best 
French GP. No. And definitely didn't have the best Portuguese, uh, Portuguese GP. No. So we, we kind of seen, okay, we, we seen that he was fast on the starts and he had a really good start to the season. You know, we were all like raving about him. And then the last couple of GPs, a bit like Jacoby, but yep. actually he was able to bounce back this week. Yeah, and I think that's expected. Like on that track, you'd think he'd be very good, or especially based on what we've seen so far. Yeah, it's got to be a good confidence it was just booster kind of, as It well. was just kind of his normal position. I think fourth, fifth is where we should now expect Vial to be, presuming yeah. everything goes well. Which is just crazy. When, when you still think about it, the expectation, first year for the MX250 and what he finished, was it ninth, we keep saying ninth overall last year or something? Uh, eighth, I think. Eighth overall. And we're now expecting him to finish fourth and fifth. Crazy. Yeah, and like I, I always, I always harp on it, but it is easy to forget these things. Yeah, and sometimes you just need to take a step back and go, you know what? Yeah, he's doing bloody good. He's doing, yeah, really, really good. Evans struggled with a well, it didn't struggle, but he was fifth in the first moto and said that his pace was good, but he just didn't have the same pace as a top four. Like he, could, he tried to follow them, but just couldn't go with them. Yeah, and then the uh, second moto just started terribly and came through to tenth, which. I thought it was respectable, like on that track, hard yeah. to pass, fast, like coming through to 10th wasn't bad. No. But obviously... Uh, Could have been worse. Didn't help him in the title hunt, or not title hunt, in a hunt for a good position in the championship standings, Yeah, because uh, Vial passed him. So Evans was fifth, and Watson was sixth, and Vial leapfrogged them both to go fifth, so now Evans is sixth and Watson is seventh. I mean, let's talk about the, the two Yamahas, because we've got Chervelin and we've got uh, Renault. I feel quite bad, because Chervelin has been on the rise a bit lately and I feel like we've ignored him completely. Uh, he's definitely been, you know, one of those guys who you now expect to be there Although, or thereabouts in the top 10. He has crashed a lot so I guess that's why. Yeah. Because like, it's like, his points, he hasn't, basically, this is the first time he has scored points in both motos since Trentino. <laughs> so, okay. that is a major issue and that's probably why he hasn't been given, getting the credit he deserves but, the times he's been putting in, the rides that he's been having up until these crashes or mechanical problems or whatever else have indicated that something like this is coming. And I feel like he could definitely be a top five regular, or at least regularly in that discussion anyway. What one person who's, who's, who's really impressed me this year is Renault. I mean, he, the first two GPs, you know, sucked. But he's just got better and better. And he's, he's I think it's like four GPs now. He's strung together two-point finishes. And not just two-point finishes, but two top ten finishes. So he's just, he just seems to be quietly going about his... And, and again, first year in MX2, he's learning his craft. He seems just to be getting better and better with each GP. Are you impressed? Yeah. But then, I don't know, for some reason, like, I feel like Renault's career path's been a bit weird because if you think back to when he was on a one two five, which would have been... If I'm remembering correctly, which I think I am, so I'm just, I'm just going to uh, stall while you're just away from the mic. But if you, if I remember correctly, right? No, I've oh seen no, it. I do remember correctly. Yeah. So this is what I was thinking. So if you go back to EMX one two five, right, uh, two thousand fifteen, which was a Prado Muse Natsuki year, what yep. a year, amazing yeah, yep. year. Renault was like the other one. So you had the Muse Prado Natsuki group, and then this Renault kid who was just all over them, and like could quite easily break up the KTM party. Won a few motos, won a few overalls, all of that good stuff. That was two thousand fifteen on a one two five. So should we? Like you're trying to say that it's irrelevant. I'm just saying, where's Natsuki now? No, but what I'm saying is, should, should we have him, should we be comparing him to the career path of those riders? Well, if you're comparing it to jo- yeah, Josiah Natsuki, who's now in Germany on a KMP Honda, I think he's doing quite well. No, I just, it feels like it's taken a while to get to this point. Do you know what I'm saying? No, better later than ever. Well, true. But yeah, that's all I'm saying. I just, I feel, and that's maybe why 
I'm not surprised he's in these positions because I remember how good he was back then. So sure, you expect kind of, more. Yeah. No, it's no, not expected more, but you just know it's coming at some point. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. No shots to the system there. Okay. What do you mean? Nothing. Oh, you're saying that I'm never impressed. You're never. Honestly, it takes. Yeah. Great to see Darian back. Oh yeah, and that was a nice little reminder. I kind of started to get. I started to remember why I believe that he could like battle for the championship this year. But do you know what? Um, I spoke to Darian a little bit um, from the weekend. Surprise! I, <laughs> I know. So you do talk to. So you won't reply to my messages about work, but you do. <laughs> I think it's really interesting. To he's still not feeling great. So literally, he said <laughs> that was quite obvious by the second motor. <laughs> yeah. So like Sunday just felt so bad, but it was a bit better than Saturday. But he's just saying he's still struggling. And he said, the starts are helping me to push at the beginning of the races, but he's just not got the energy. So this is still affecting him greatly. Oh, yeah, for sure. As far as I know, he's still not training in the middle of a week or doing any no. of that. So. so we get to see these little glimpses of, of his performance. We know what he's capable of. But then it's, it's, I, I, th- I can't see him recovering for the rest of the year, having to, if he's not training and, okay, he's getting a little bit of energy back. He, he, well, yeah, consider we're halfway now. How much progress has he actually made in this halfway? And he's got another one of these to go now. Yeah. So, so it's I, I really do feel for him. I mean, and then you've and then let's think about it. He's then got to go to nine different flights to Indonesia. He's got to race twice in Indonesia, and, and it'll he, be hot there. Yeah. It's just like, do you actually look at that and just think, let's just take Indonesia off? Yeah, and then you've got a month. But then I, I almost feel like this process he's on can't be sped up. I feel like it's just like you've no, got to let it surely, take its course. Surely traveling. All those miles to Indonesia. Um, I, I don't, you know, what do I know? But you just hate the thought of doing nine flights. <laughs> I, I can't think of anything worse at the moment. I'm, I'm so like, traveling. Do you feel like when you're giving me shit, like, oh, Lewis, you haven't uploaded your article yet? Where are you? And I've just gotten off nine flights to Indonesia. Do you feel like maybe you now need to cut me some slack? No, because you're half my age. Okay. When I when I was your age, I was... that gives everyone a glimpse into the high standards that I'm held to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, when I was your age, I was up till three o'clock in the morning, you know, taking a large amount of drugs. No, I did dare take drugs. Never. Don't like them. Don't need them. But anyway, it was, it definitely was, um, I did get drunk. Promising. Lot, it was promising to see yeah. the sun, I think. And it was, it was just nice to remind everyone what he can do. And to be fair, I was actually surprised he led for as long as he did in that first moto because he held on for quite a while. And those guys had nothing for him. Just damn it. Why, why Epstein? Like, just it could, could have been, have so, been good. so good. Yeah, could have been so good. But that's the way the cookie crumbles. Let's just hope maybe in front media, Giuseppe Longo, David, just have a conversation. Just think, do you know what? Maybe we should just up it to twenty four. What that just MX2, for <laughs> just to see that happen. Yeah, but it's never going to happen because if Prado wins it. He's up to MXGP, and the rest is history. On a similar note, it was good to see beat another positive ride because he's had a rough old road. He's been beaten up. Yep, you've made that joke a few times. I know. Um, it never fails to yeah, put a so smile on my face. Similar to Max, actually. Uh, just putting two motors together is kind of a step in the right direction. And he actually looked good in that second motor as well. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that at all. Boarami. Are you happy with Boarami? Invisible. Stealth. From the, from the MXGP TV feed, in, Invisible. Did he not get much mention? Not that no. I can remember of. I just see the 172 and just instantly think of Van Donick. I still can't get out of my head. Well, you probably need to sort that out. Yeah. Maybe going to a few more GPs would help you. And um, I'm over it, to be honest. It's to be great. fair, you've missed two this year now. Yeah. Only one more than me. Yeah. yeah. How do you feel about that? Like I want to poke my eyes out. Yeah. Okay. 
Just imagine that I've you've only been to one more GP. Yeah, than me. that's about to change quite quickly because you're not going to Latvia, you're not going to two in Indonesia, and you're not going to lock it. So give it a couple of weeks, and I would have been to five more than you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Which also means that James, through his selfishness of not going to GPs, is killing the Saturday podcast show. Yeah, I want to apologise for that, but there's nothing saying that Lewis cannot take the mobile podcast unit and find another presenter. I don't have time to set that up. I'm not you. I'm not at a GP with just lots of free time on my hands. I oh, fucking <laughs> doesn't know the work I put in. <laughs> Unbelievable. The reason why you don't understand is because you don't look up for your computer. Okay, that's because I'm working hard. No, you know, you're looking at porn. Oh, God. Right, so... Everybody knows. I'm going to share your internet, internet history one day on Twitter. And it'll just be Pornhub, Pornhub, Pornhub. Fair enough. Okay. Yep. Right. Adam Sterry. What? What the fuck? <laughs> that was so passionate. I know. Well, he said he was just happy to get out there alive. Well, if that... Maybe right, not. Okay, maybe we'll, alive was a bit strong. Uh, healthy. We'll take that then. We'll take that. You are an Adam Sterry... I do like Adam. You're a believer. I do think... Do you reckon Adam knows how much of a believer you are? Nah. No, he's, I don't think he's got a clue. Do you reckon we should tell him? <laughs> No, no, just keep it quiet. He doesn't listen to this anyway. I do think, though, next year on a 450, oh, God. we're going to see the true Adam. Not sure what made me think of this, but I think Vlandering might be back soon. Really? Because you said on a 450, and then I thought to us saying the same thing about Vlandering, and I was like, oh. Another guy who's going to be I think, on he's, I think he's going to be back soon. But where's he going to go? Next year. Would he go Honda 450? I'm starting to get a little bit stressed out for these riders. Because I'm starting to, as my picture is becoming clearer of what's happening next year and I'm starting to get a better idea, I'm starting to realise there isn't much space. Well, I did get some very, very oh, yeah, you... juicy news this week from my source. Yeah, but if you're talking about the news you sent me, then that's not relevant because that, rider's con- that rider's contract isn't up for a while. No. So no. it's not even relevant. But my source is good and I know that it pisses you <laughs> off because you don't know who my source is. So I'd just like to thank my source out there for uh, keeping it good. You know who you are. Don't need to mention anything. <laughs> oh. But thank you. I appreciate the uh, the inside news. Keeps me up to date with everything. And uh, it pisses Lewis off. So uh, that's great. Thank you. So I'll just sit on that for a little bit. But, you know, sit there in the background. Uh, another thing we should mention is Bass Fass and double DNF'd. Oh. Uh, Spokes got destroyed in the first race in the first turn. Damn and it. got taken out in the second race. Damn it. I like, I like how I can tell when you've got nothing to offer because you just say damn it to everything about the riders <laughs> to act like you care. <laughs> really? Yes. That's, it's, when have you become a psychologist? No, because the last couple of weeks you've just randomly started to, like when when we've got further down the order and I'm reeling off what happened to these riders, you'll just get you just go, damn it! Or right, ask me what happened to Pessoa. What happened to Pessoa? Went to Hogwarts. That's terrible. That is literally you haven't even got the joke. That is terrible. And don't try and steal other people's jokes. Gustavo Pessoa. Don't try and steal other people's jokes. Uh, Pichon. Pichon. Pichon was actually much better than his results show. I feel like most people look at him not scoring points and go, well, that's just Pichon. He had an electrical issue in one race and didn't finish in the other. Okay. No, not didn't finish. Crashed. I was thrown off there because you were looking at me like I was smoking crack. You are smoking crack. What? You didn't score points. What do you want? What's going on with Mitchell Harrison? Okay, just moving on quite quickly. I haven't got anything for that, I'm afraid. Okay. I've been wondering. I've been wanting to interview Mitchell Harrison since he arrived in Trentino. But you haven't found him. It's quite hard work. <laughs> what? What, what are you having trouble with? I've said we've we've talked about arranging an interview. Like I've been, I've messaged him, been like, I'm st- like we've messaged, been like, oh, two thirty on Friday. Yep, and I've messaged him like I'm outside your awning and just know nothing. Wow. So he's probably heard of you. Yeah. So that's uh, maybe, no, maybe, that isn't going well. <laughs> maybe Tomac warned warned him off you. Mm, you're not getting into that. Okay. I think we're done with MX2. Yeah, I'm bored of it to be honest. MX2 is a bit becoming the same old, same old. Yeah. 
I, I, you know. when, how long does Prado, how long until Prado next loses a moto? Tell you what, tell you what, Gertz is good in Latvia and so is Olsen. Olsen's won Latvia the last two years. Okay. Olsen has what, took the overall in Latvia the last two years. This is a big weekend for him. I'm now building the hype. He has to, he has to do something this weekend. What, so you feel that he's going to beat Prado no. this weekend? I don't feel like he, I don't feel that he is. But you feel he has to. But I feel he has to. So that's one to watch. No, no pressure, Thomas. Gertz was good in Latvia last year. Second overall, I think. Yeah. And how many podiums have you had this year now? Who? Gertz. Uh, I'm not sure off the top of my head. Where was his first one this year? Trentino? No. Uh, You're not very good at your stats, are you? I didn't know you were going to be asking me about this one. I, didn't bother. I looked into this last week. His first one was in Volkenswaard. Then he was on the podium in Trentino. I don't think he wasn't on the podium in a... Mantua, was he? No, not Portugal either. Not Portugal either. And then he was on the podium in France and he was on the podium in Russia. Four. Yeah. So, yeah. And he's nearly 90 points down on Prado now. Great. Brilliant. Okay. Right. Well, we'll just leave it there then. Yeah. Advert. Fucking advert. Advert. Oh. Oh. Before we go to advert, remember. Pit mats. (laughs) Pit mats for (laughs) $29.99. So we've discussed how you can use them in your garage. You can use them uh, at the track. Also put a nice coffee table on there. You could also use them as a love mat. We've talked about that. Any other ideas, Lewis, that you can use your pit mat for? Go. Mm, bikes. Fuck's sake. Right, we'll get our advert. Bye. The MX5 For everything in the world of motocross, head to mxvice.com, at Motocross Vice on Twitter, and search MX Vice on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. All content is now available in Spanish and Italian. BMX Yes, we are back. Yes, it's James Burfield. Yes, it's Lewis Phillips. Yes, we're going to do questions. Jokes run its course now. No, it hasn't. Overused. No, it has more. Overused. What? Overused. What, just in the show? Or... You've, yeah, it's overused a bit. I don't think you can ever. It's gold. I don't yeah. think you can ever overuse it. Okay, whatever. Um, yeah. Anyway, you're hard Ask to please. Or not, anything? Yeah. Right, what we got? Uh, we got a lot of questions. Let's do it. Okay, first right. question. Instagram, at jlil101, said, with some pretty awful rounds, the last few rounds after having a 30-plus point lead, has Caroli reached his max speed? Seems Tim Geyser has broken him a little. Yes, he's broken him. Yes, he's in front. Yes. I said overused. Okay. Um, uh, are you answering this wait, one? You actually think he's broken him? Oh, okay, you want to debate this? Yes, what do you think this is? I don't think he's... What, what? You just said, yes, he has broken okay, him. Okay, yes, he's probably broken his confidence a little bit. That's a big difference to what you said originally. Whatever. Right, go shoot. Um, broken him? I don't think so. Do I? I don't, I don't know. I just don't know. <laughs> okay, that's a really good answer to the question, so I'll take this on. So I think we've turned a corner. I definitely think we've turned a corner. Um, however, what I will say is I think that Caroli is, like you said, a bit beaten up. He's got carrying a few you know, injuries maybe, and maybe just thought, do you know what? I'm, I'm not going to fat myself up in Russia. You know what, though? Uh, has Crowley reached his, reached his uh, max speed? Yes. On a track like Russia, he probably has reached his max speed, and that isn't good enough to go up against Geyser's max speed. Yeah. That isn't to say that this weekend, Crowley's max speed is going to outdo Geyser's max speed. Same Tushin talk. Like, yeah. So it changes each week. Like, yeah, okay, maybe, maybe they, they both are operating at max speed. That's going to have diff- That doesn't automatically. Well, on different tracks, it's going to yeah. lend itself to That the doesn't technique. automatically mean that we can predict what's going to happen coming up. And like I say, we're all making a massive deal out of how guys has just like cut down. Effectively, he's gained fifty points in the last three rounds. 
Not, Which he was never going to do, according to you, in episode eight, because yep, he but, um, was going to just do. We're all making, even if he got two, 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 and Corelli got one, 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 one. We're all making such a big deal out of that, but it's only thirteen points. It's effectively back to zero. It's effectively back to zero. So okay, right, brilliant. Like, Bounce that one. I don't, you said it was back to zero twice. I, don't think, I, don't I think, think you're done. I don't think there's any reason for anyone to panic. Okay, put it that way. Uh, Weekend Warrior blog said, "How much of an impact has Mark Deriva had on the riders at FNH Kawasaki?" All three have developed well over the past 12 months. Deriva was always a bit of a joker when he was a racer, but he seems to have switched to a real top-class motivator manager. Yeah, I agree. I really like I really like the way that he works. I think he's doing some really good stuff. I think he's got a fine line between having fun at work and actually producing the results. It will be really interesting because he's only kind of been working with um, Sterry in, in Jacoby this year. However, I think the the one to tell is the Rowan Van Moosdijk. It'd be what he can do with that guy going forward because he's going to have a few years now to develop him as a rider. Yeah, well, just look at uh, Daruba's track record. Every rider he's worked with hasn't has turned out well. He hasn't had a bum yet. I think it's all good. Yeah. And I, I do think Daruba makes a genuine difference and I'd be interested to know how many other teams or riders have kind of knocked on his door and seen if they can tempt him away. Yeah. I think he, you know, from last time I spoke to him, he's very, very happy. Oh, yeah, Loves course. the team, I'd loves just the, be interested the confidence that's been putting in. I'd just be interested to know if anyone has actually tried to take him away, though. Well, let's ask him that question. We could try. Well, do it. Okay. Are we done with Daruva? Yeah, next. <laughs> At Green, Zeke Green, Azil Green. Azil Green, yeah. Yep. <laughs> what teams are going to be able to find space for all of the MX2 riders moving up next year? I think this is where we lend, it lends itself to... Uh, outside the top 10 teams, I would have thought. So forget the factory teams. Uh, I then think we looked at like, Hutton Metal. They've stepped up this oh, year. Oh, wow, what's a pull? Yep, JWR Yamaha. Um, you've got, what's the uh, Boutron's team? Uh, JD Gunnix. Yeah, JD Gunnix. I wonder if a team like FNH Kawasaki might entertain the uh, possibility of running like one 450 rider. Nah. Nah, they, they're, they're all about a 250 program. No, but a team like that. I wonder if there's a certain 250 teams that would look at Put in one four fifty under the truck. Nah, no, no, nah. Move on. Okay. Um, just, other teams. Um, there's more. Yeah, there's obviously lots of teams that can make room, but I don't think make make room. About as far as make room, that's what I'm thinking. That's why I'm on the line of thinking of like teams that could maybe open up one four fifty spot alongside two other two fifty. I mean, Bolts next year they're going to have two two spots. JWR so. is going to have two to three spots uh, based on this year. Hutton Metal, I guess, two spots. They're going to want to step up. Yeah, they've got a pretty uh, slick setup as well. Yeah, they have. But like, you uh, Hitachi could they have another they could have run one four fifty again I think if they could find the right person they could yeah. Revo uh, they can probably run one four fifty I think I would say probably they're all about the engines aren't they like a they're really passionate about the engines but and if stuff the right like opportunity arises who says uh, no like you get what I mean I think I it's down to budget buddy I but think that, why would what, you why would you if you speak to Steve Dixon why would you spend X amount of pounds on a 450 rider when you could put that into your 250 but that's an exact situation his um but is a question targeted towards a 450 rider in a 250 team or is it what no just what teams can make well, room you seem to be hanging on to this no because this is what I'm thinking if as far as making room this is boss, boss having two spots isn't making room this is the same situation we've got this year they've got the same amount of room but more riders I'm just thinking let me tell you something and I'm also a hitting. very, very wise person, Steve Turner, said to me that when you add a third person to a team, it's 50% more budget. So why would you invest 50% more budget in a third rider in a program which is not relevant to you? I'm just, well, Hitachi would have had Graham Owen this year. That's why I said them. Okay. 
So what's to say they can't have a 450 again? It's okay. obviously something they had Jake Nichols. That's obviously something they're interested in. That's Hitachi, in. but yeah. that's not like Hutton Metal then going to 250 or JWR going to 250. Never said that. Never said about any teams going to okay. 250. Right, cool. At Kevster Page on Instagram said, Was Paul in okay after his crash? Saw in the background him falling off the bike again when trying to get going, as if he was still dazed or something. Um, he hurt his hands, which is kind of funny, but out of everything, after that brutal crash, he hurt his hands. hands but- yeah. Uh, nothing serious, just I think they were a bit sore. And I think he crashed again after he got up because his uh, front wheel was so buckled and just a shit show. Damn but, it, that's two wheels dang this week. But he just couldn't basically ride. Little shout out to our sponsors, Talon Wheels. Some of the best wheels in the world. If you need a wheel, get a Talon wheel. You might want to clarify that none of the teams mentioned with wheel issues run Talon. No, no, they don't. No, I'm just saying that. Yep. Uh, great company, local to this office, yep. supported okay, us brilliant. for seven years. Uh, do fantastic cubs. Um, the ACR room, I can definitely recommend. It's gone on the KTM uh, 250. But yeah, he must have. Um, I'd be interested to know how dazed he was because he definitely looked out of it. Like the way he kind of sat up and then just flopped backwards onto his back. You can see it in the GoPro footage that's on uh, MX Vice. But yeah, I feel like he's maybe he was more dazed than anyone realizes. But then he was lined up for a second moto and raced fine. So maybe not. No. Okay. Uh, yeah, he'll be fine. But this cool. weekend, a Latvia, a track that has been good to him in the past. Yeah, I expect him to bounce back. At Greeno56 said, do you think the metal start great is a good idea as great. we are seeing the same guys getting out front off the line, at least with the old dirt starts? At least 15 riders had a chance at the whole shot and mixed the racing up a bit. Might help the British guys out as their race starts are pants. I don't think, I think, I think whether you have the gate, uh, the grate or the dirt start, it's going to be the same result. Like, it's not like either of those is helping Prado or Vial get the whole shot. No, I, I can't see it either. Like, okay, uh, there's more of a lottery if there wasn't a great because some gates are worse than others. Prado's still going to qualify on pole, therefore still getting the best gate, therefore having the best run at the first turn, therefore still getting the whole shot. I know reaction time and the gate going down and getting out, but one thing what I do notice when I'm in pit lane is... When you're in pit lane. Yeah, when I'm in pit lane, which right, is... Yeah. Which is 95% of the time so far this year? Uh, 90. You've okay. missed two. All right, All right. whatever. Um, but anyway. Actually, eight rounds. you missed two. That's 80%. On the start, it's just getting <laughs> out the gate or over the gate. But then it's the next section between that and hitting the corner. So, so even sometimes if Prado doesn't get a jump out the gate. It's, it's a shift. Yeah. The shift and the uh, moving your body weight. That's yeah. where they make the difference. And am I right in thinking... Again, I'm not the most technically uh, able person. Well, neither, so. But so when I, when I speak to mechanics, they basically say the, 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 the bikes are geared up for certain types. So you can either have it geared to get a good start, but then you lack power on some other parts of the track. And blah, blah, oh, yeah. Blah. Well, that's not just down to gearing. That's everything. Yeah. I remember uh, talking to Chad Reed about that at Oakland this year, like, because he was struggling with his starts. And it was kind of a case of, like, do you sacrifice on other parts of the track in order to make the bike better for the starts, or do you just accept? mediocre starts so that you've got this amazing bike for other parts of the track yeah so that's kind of it's, it's all it's, you're never going to have a perfect situation are you it's always a case of compromising you're not but in MXGP the starts seem to be so freaking important so I would you know if I was a better man maybe you should go yeah, for but broke it's not on like, the start it's not like setting your bike up perfectly for the start or whatever is really going to just help you reel off hole shots and everything it's not just by no it's reaction time and you know and different riders have different like form on the start, and therefore that needs a different setup. And then you've got to find out how those two work together to get a perfect combination. Like it, it's basically a lottery. 
Okay. A lot of read at Prado seems to win a lot. Unless you get a gate which is uh, naturally faster than your slower gate and then do what's Derry done in edge back and there's Smart. different techniques. Smart. Yeah. At Oz226 on Instagram says, Hi Oz. It seems the last three GPs Yamaha have really been on it. Why is this? Are the Yams just better on hard pack or do their riders just go better on the blue groove? Do you expect to see this trend continue when we return to some softer ground? Interesting thing. The first thing that came into my mind when I uh, read this, when we return to softer ground, we've only got two more sand races. Latvia, like I said, not really sand. Well, obviously it's sand, but you wouldn't really call it a sand race. Yeah. And all. So that's almost irrelevant. I just think all of their riders are better on hard pack, or at least the three riders that have come into their own lately, those yeah. being uh, Tonus, Fevra, and Sewer. Yeah. They're known as being better hard pack riders. Not that they're going to flop completely when it gets to sand, but they definitely uh, grew up on hard pack, blue groove, and that's where they're at their best. And I also do think the Yamahas are slightly better on uh, hard pack, well, from ba- what I hear. Based on what you've just said then, do we expect Paulan to struggle a little bit for the rest of the year? Why? Because you just said that. No, he's not a bad hard pack rider. I never said that. Well, you kind of intimated it. No, I was just talking about the others. Well, are they better? No, I was more saying that Paulan's more... Even because we like, know how good he is in the sand I feel as like well you're as not hardback. committed to what you're saying in this podcast. Wow, it's a lot of backtracking. No, you just as usual every single podcast you just chuck words down my throat. Like I could say, um, "Doesn't the sky look nice today?" And, and you go, say that. Are you saying that the ground looks horrible? Like, no, I'm just saying. Oh, right. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, Next. Poor Oz, trying to ask a question. He's never sent it in a question again because you just shit all over it. Wow, now you're throwing me under the bus. Yeah, I am. Right, right. Oz, I've got a... I'll go, to, I'll go this far. I don't think there'll be a Yamaha on a podium this weekend. Yeah. In Latvia. Yeah. And you have so little to offer that all I, I said that and all you could go is... Yeah. Well, actually, dick face. This is what I was going to talk about. I know, the, I know actually a little bit about the Yamaha this year. I know about the, the positives of the Yamaha no, and the negatives. five minutes to step in. Well, I was waiting for you to hang yourself on the on Gaultier, so I could then go to Gaultier and say, "Fucking hell, Lewis, throw you right under the bus." I never even said anything about him. I didn't say anything. Well, it started about him. now. Everybody's gonna be tweeting this. Right? Okay. He's gonna be fucking gunning for you in Latvia. I didn't actually say anything about him. But anyway, yeah, the Yamaha, real strong engine, really, really good out the crate. So for you know, I, I definitely know that the bike this year is 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 a superb bike. However, there are a few little things that need to be changed on the bike. I think. Conrod, I think, is one of them. And that improves a uh, reliability issue. But I do believe, yeah, Yam has a very, very good bike. So that's what I've got to add, fuckface. Next question. Great. Uh, On to Twitter questions. Thomas Rakak. Uh, Rakak. We should mention, on the, on the note of Twitter questions, uh, remember, at Motocross Vice is our name, although we have trademarked MX Vice. Fuckers at Twitter won't actually give us our username. Because El Diablo in Mexico is sat on it. So um, if you do need to find MX Vice on Twitter, uh, it's at Motocross Vice. Yep. So until Pedro goes back and starts chatting to his brother, then we can't get the, the username. So yeah, at Thomas Rakak uh, said, who will take over Factory Husky team after Jackie? Uh, we know that already. There's a PR. What's going on? Nope, there isn't a PR. There's a PR saying that Jackie, that the team will be changing. There's no PR about who's taking over. Oh, that was lucky I didn't say that. <laughs> is that not common knowledge? It's common knowledge in the pits. Oh, it's not common knowledge nope. online. Have we not put anything out about that? Nope. Do we say that? It's not going to look... We're saying this, you're not saying anything. Or it's not going to look too different. No, it's going to look pretty much the same without Jackie. Or... But that isn't it, because Jackie's going on to... 
I don't know. We don't know where, what Jackie's doing. Okay. But yeah. Uh, at Baba Bar. Is that a Baba 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 Baba? At Bar Bar 411 says, What new country would you like to see host a race? Has there ever been a GP in Canada? I'd like to see Kazakhstan. Uh, there's Just not- to get Lewis to fucking Kazakhstan. That'd be awesome. Wow, you've become annoying since we came back from advert. Um, I don't think there has ever been a GP in Canada. I would, kind of co- I would like excited. there to be a GP in Canada. Like the track um, Prince George where they had the uh, Canadian Nationals this weekend. That looks pretty good. Probably not GP Canada, but it's they have got some sick... Uh, New Zealand. They have got some sick tracks in uh, Canada. Canada, New Zealand, Australia. Australia's next year, remember? Japan, bring Perth. Japan back. Perth for the first round next year, that's happening. Japan, I'd like to see Sugo Yeah. That was always a good track. Let's do that. I bet you have fond memories of Sugo. I fucking loved it. Um, New Zealand, that'd be good. It'd be good if we could have like an, a US GP yep. and then combine that with a Canadian GP. That'd be Therefore cool. making the trip a bit more affordable for everyone and having it like make sense. Yeah. And then if we could have Australia and New Zealand paired together. Okay. And then I did. I just always liked Mexico. Call me crazy. Call me crazy. <laughs> You're fucking nuts, <laughs> mate, because there's no way I'm going there. I Actually, just, I'm going I, on holiday there. I always liked for Mexican GP, and I always liked Qatar. I love Call Mexico, and I love Mexican people, and I'll see you all in July. Call me crazy, but that's what I like to put. Yeah. 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 Canada will be good. Australia will be good, but that's happening next year. Perth, round one. New Zealand. It's not locked in yet. Saying that, actually. What about a Polish GP? Saying that, we should get the first draft of the 2020 calendar in two weeks. What's the point? What is the point? Because it's not, uh, tends to be pretty bang on. It fucking doesn't. How many, no, how many yeah, GPs but, did we change yeah, this year? The dates, this year has been a special scenario. Special the date, be fucked. The Jesus. Da- the dates change, but the actual events are the same. So like Australia will be on there and we're and that kind of locked in. It I think, get- I, to be fair, to be fair, I think it was the whole, the two Chinese rounds which, which cocked everything out this year. Yeah, that was the only thing that's moved really. Yeah. So I'll take that back. It's the two Chinese rounds. But um, yeah, we should get that in two weeks. And that's normally a big one. And that should be quite interesting for next but year. But do you think they're going to come out straight away with the whole Australia thing or not? Well, it's pretty common knowledge. Yeah, but it's not signed and sealed. No, but that, it wasn't signed and sealed three months ago. Probably is now, or at least further along. Really? Yeah. And even, and, but even if it isn't signed and sealed, they'll probably still put it on there as a TBA. Okay. But it'll be interesting. It'll actually be interesting to see. If, so you think in two weeks' time, we're going to know what's going on next year? First week of July, we always get the 2020 calendar. Okay. Thanks for paying attention. Yeah, watch this space. Um, it's always stressful for me because it always comes out the week of Indonesia. So I'm either flying or I'm somewhere with terrible Wi-Fi. And I always get, and I'm always, I remember last year I was just asking uh, Samantha, the Ustream press officer person, nonstop, like, what day is the calendar coming out? What day is the calendar coming out? What day is the calendar coming out? Nonstop. Because I was so like, I knew it was coming. And I was like, what time? What time? And I was like, my flight's then. Blah, 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 blah. So yeah, stressful. But that's coming out soon. I'm actually interested to so say the Australia thing comes off yeah. and that's round one. I'm interested to see how they map the rest of the calendar. Like, will Indonesia then be round two again? Like it was the first year it ran? You'd think so. But then that's the whole wet season thing that everyone goes on about. Well, can you imagine if they, if, I mean, if you're going to do Australia, you've got to do Indonesia on the way, haven't you? Yeah. So Hong Kong, and it has Indonesia, been, well, Australia. You, I can't imagine it would be Hong Kong as well because then you've got a lot of flyaways to start the year. But then they ha- that happened in uh, 2017. Because in 2017, we started with um, Qatar, Indonesia, Argentina, Mexico. Yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously, it's, the people in Europe are obviously like, they've got to wait to get a GP back. Um, however, it's way more cost effective. Or is it more cost effective? Oh, yeah. 
Because I guess you're not shipping the bikes well, it's not to even, and back each country. Just look at flights alone. Yeah. If we, we've got two Indonesias coming up. If we had to go to Indonesia, come back, and then go back to Indonesia in like two months, that's basically double the flight cost. Yeah. And when you're shipping a couple of bikes. And, and if you're else. a team and you're paying for 15 flights. Yeah. So That hurts. Yeah. Okay, next. But I'm, I'm just interested. To see, I'm actually really excited for this calendar. Next. There's a lot of stuff that I heard that came close to happening for this year. But it just needed another year or so. So I'm interested to see what comes off. Do you think that, like, where most people have got, like, you know, pictures of women on their wall and stuff like that, you've got an MHGP calendar and you're like, oh, straight. I am looking forward to it. I was actually, <laughs> I was, I was actually saying to someone. Fucking loves it. Look at his face. I, I was actually saying. So excited. I was actually saying to someone just yesterday how, I, yesterday I did look for, <laughs> yesterday I did start looking at flights to Perth. <laughs> yeah. Again, we talked about time management. And about maybe you should have spent less time doing that and more time getting the fucking stats out. 600 quid at the moment. Flight to Perth in March next year. I don't know why I bother. Just if any fans are interested. At One Motion MX says the MXGP of Russia circuit must have been deemed safe as they have people dedicated to ensuring so. Actually, put that little question on Hogs. I think you got oh, some God. really good insight, actually, uh, what you found out yesterday. If anybody's actually interested in having a little, little jolly, taking some time off work, and you want to go and see the Indonesia races, then spend a little bit of time in Bali in between the races. Do you know what? You can do this if you're from the UK for 500 quid. No, it wasn't 500, it was 600. I got it for. Oh, you told me 536 599. He fucking didn't. Well, now he's way. just added 70 quid on. <laughs> what else aren't you telling me? I said 599. What else aren't you telling me? Does that include baggage? No, it fucking doesn't. <laughs> I'm not sure, actually. Yeah, actually, yeah. Forget what I just said. Because um, Lewis is full of shit. Yeah, so onto One Motion MX's question. Uh, yeah, that's Rui Goncalves' uh, job. He's like oversees the whole track prep and like offers advice on tracks and stuff. Does and he still do it? I think I've seen him around. Really? Yeah, I've seen him every round. Oh. Open your eyes. Okay. It's obviously not in the same place as I am. So yeah, that's what uh, his role is basically. And that's what he oversees. And he takes feedback from riders and all of that fun stuff. How do you think you got on the weekend? And um, finally... Uh, at Jack L. Hyde, this is a thing that you alluded to earlier. At Jack L. Hyde said, How are things going with the German version of MX Vice? Fucking awesome. Because today we have gone live. Yep. MX very, Vice. Very happy. MXVice.de is now a thing. Yes. Good and tag. Yep. Uh, we've got Italy already up. That's MXVice.it. And we've got Spain up. That's MXVice.es. Yep. So enjoy, people. Yep. From Germany. Very, and we will see you in 10 days. Very, very excited about uh, Germany. It's yep. going to be good. There's already uh, all of the stuff from the law. Basically, all of, the, all of the stuff from this year has been backtracked. So if you go on there now, then all of the interviews from France, Portugal, Mantova, Trentino, Volkenswagen, they've all been added on. So you can, if you, re- if you really want to just waste two full days, you can go back and read everything. Yes. The only thing that isn't translated is this podcast, which begs the question of why you're listening. (laughs) (laughs) And why you'd want to read in, yeah. Because it's enjoyable reading German. But uh, yeah, this is, that's up. And that is Ask Vice Anything. That was a struggle getting through that with you just constantly chatting. I probably shouldn't have a can of Coke before I I come I don't know, I honestly... I don't know. It's obviously I want, sometimes sugar. I wonder if a one-man show would work. I think, I think we should do it. Uh, yeah. I'm happy to throw the towel in at any point. So that's Ask Advice Anything. MX Manager? Do it. Right, i tell you what. Let's have a quick break. No, no, no. We've, we've done all of our breaks. No. Nope. We've just got MX Manager to go. That takes like two minutes. Oh, for fuck's sake. All right. We have done all of our breaks. Rob? 
We've done all of our breaks. We actually don't have any more to put in. Do you want another advert or not? What, have you got someone to add into this third advert break that's new? Yes. Are you ready? Yep. Get your pit mat twenty nine oh. ninety nine from 24mx.co.uk. You can use it for your bikes. You can use it for uh, at the track, front room, Lewis, back room, room, room yeah. left room, right room. <laughs> it's also one side as like a, a rubberish material. The other side has... Silicone. Is it silicone? I don't know. That's what it's called. Well, maybe you should, before you start spouting facts, maybe you should look at it. But anyway, twenty nine ninety nine on sale this week. I think, Usually, the offer exclu- I think the offer expires at midnight on Saturday. Fuck me. Get right on it. Twenty nine ninety nine. So, MX Manager. Yep. MX Manager brought to you by Pitmats. Um, this is uh, the end of a show. People who, there are people who don't like listening to MX Manager talk. And they've asked us to put it right at the end of the show. Really? Yeah, that's why I've always told you that we need to put it right at the end. They've said, can you put it right at the end so that I don't miss any of... Bastards, do you know how much fucking work we put into (laughs) MX Manager? Build the bloody system, then we have to update it, then we have to talk about it. The least you can do is enter a team. I'm I'm sorry, what what part of that do you do? (laughs) Oh, that hurt. That fucking hurt. Who came up with the idea? Wow, wow. Who came up with the idea? You sat in a chair and managed to think of something... (laughs) You're such a dick. Well, <laughs> I don't, why do I even work with you? Got a shit haircut. Oh, anyway, <laughs> MX Manager pro, uh, MX Manager results. Yeah, you did well. So go on about that for a bit. Well, uh, it was hard. The, the obviously picking this week was very difficult. I need to have a phone call with Max just to find out uh, what went wrong because obviously fourth, I was very excited about. I was expecting Max to podium on Sunday. So he was head in my team. But anyway, we got through and we managed a very respectable 23rd. That's uh, your highest result ever. Ever. So, um, where are you overall now? I don't know. But I'm still way down. Oh, I guess I've got to look for that. But up. I think I'm catching you up. Well, considering you only beat me by nine points this week, you can't have caught up that much. Uh, probably did. You're 246th overall. Okay. On 885 points. Okay, that's respectable. I'll take that. I am 52nd overall on 1,084 points. What a tosser. Oh, funny. Yeah. I'm actually just one position and one point behind Team Chris Cam. Wow. Yeah. Cool. And uh, Sparrow MX, the first MX manager champion from yep. 2017, is four positions behind me. Four points and four points behind me. Oh, it's on like Donkey Kong. Yeah. Um, currently leading MX manager is 792 Racing from Croatia. Get in Croatia. And then second is Luke VD101 from the Netherlands. They're actually tied. Really? Yeah. Do we know, um, if there's a tie at the end of the season, do we know what the tie break is? <laughs> do no we need to start idea. working on that? I don't know. <laughs> Normally, <laughs> wow. What's in the rule book? Um, we'll have a look. Uh, and then third is team 51110310 on 10 points further down. And then uh, we've got two more players from the Netherlands. Uh, three more. So three of the top six, no, five of the top six are from the Netherlands. Okay. Just dominating. Yeah. Okay, they obviously know their fucking stuff. Right. Um, I'm just looking at MX Manager. I want to ask a question. In fu- funny, fun fact, oh. I, was, I was 52nd in round eight, and I'm also 52nd overall. No one cares. Oh. Um, so yeah, I've got MX Manager points in front of me. Uh, sorry. Uh, what about Mattis Caro? It's his home GP. He's not riding. I want to pick him. I haven't added the wild cards yet. Wild cards get added to the system on Friday. I've said this many times. Once you've streamed, because once I get to the track, 
there is an updated, updated entry list with all of the wild cards who have signed on. Okay, so for the people out there who want to pick Mattis Caro, this is because Lewis hasn't done his job properly. I'm not sure what would make you want to pick Mattis Caro. Well, he's Latvian. That's not enough of a reason. Okay, he's got a cool hairstyle. So looking at the prices for this week, which these you should be able to pick a new team by the time you listen to this. The prices are all sorted. I just need to upload them all. Right. I have... I actually, when I first looked at the prices that I'd done, I was like, this is a bit meh. I don't really think there's much here. Yeah. But then as I started scrolling down and looking at who I would pick, I realized there's quite a lot. I've got... Um, Tixier, 150. I've got eight MXGP riders highlighted who I'd think about. Horbeek, nope. 250. He isn't even highlighted for me. Anton Gull, 50,000. If you're all, if there's a way you can get a 50,000 rider who can just get you like five points, that is a game changer. Okay. Just to... Good in sand as well. I'll put, that, I'll put that into perspective here for a second. So I was 52nd in Russia. Had I had a rider who could have got me five more points, I would have finished 11th. <laughs> Do you that go, is, that's actually, I may, that's actually um, much, a much bigger difference than I thought. Do you go with somebody like Strybos this week no. who's good in sand for 150? No, 150 is too much. Okay. Lieber, 300? No, too much, in my opinion. Okay. Brian Bogers, 150. Yeah. Oh, it's a risk, but and you. Uh, to be fair, like I said earlier, Latvia's got a very uh, a start that favours the inside a lot. Unless so. Roger Harvey phones me up this week and says pick Bogers, I'm still going to stay away from that one. But um, like I said, the start Roger Atlanta, there. the start at Latvia favours the inside a lot. So if he can qualify well, chances are he will get a good start, and then it all snowballs. So qualifying actually is more uh, important to follow uh, this weekend than ever. Do you know before. someone who'd be straight on my on my list? Cyril. 150. 150. That's a shit. I actually like. But will he finish? I actually couldn't will believe. He start? I couldn't believe I was making him that cheap. Yeah. But had to do it. And yeah, yeah if he if he Leoc, can, 150. If Sel can finish both motos, then that's amazing. And don't forget Latvia 2015. The speed that weekend was unbelievable. I got to be honest. Um, there's not really anything that stands out here. Uh, Herlin's 450. Anstey 300. That's on my list. Yeah. Herlin's 450. Hmm. Maybe. Fevra 450. Anstein Hurlins would be pretty cool, but that's 750. Yeah, that's a lot of budget. Mm. That's one. Uh, Koldenhoff, 250. He won MXGP here in who 2015. Who fucking knows? Who, who knows? Paulin, 350. That's quite cheap for him. Cheap as he's been all year. Yeah. Okay. I think right. I, don't, I don't actually have a clue who I'd go for. No. Maybe Hurlings and Goal. I'm on MX2 now. I'm done with if MXGP. I could, if, if you go Hurlings and Goal. Yep. And Hurlings can go 4 4 which is 36 points, and then goal can get you seven. That's yeah. a decent, that's a decent uh, start if your MX2 team can back it up. Okay. Uh, I'll tell you what, I've actually got a good, a good one for MX2, because I've moved on, so you're boring me. Um, well, I'm just waiting for this podcast to finish, to be honest. I'm just waiting for you to go in. Because I don't know what the fuck has happened to you since the advert. I don't know what's happened to you. Just come in with an attitude again. You are like it was all quite good before the uh, the last advert. Uh, to be honest, it's absolutely fine until you start going on Twitter and someone goes, "Oh, Lewis, you're so great," and then you come in with Billy Big Balls. Literally, again, that's never happened. I don't know. You don't know. So that's kind of highlighted in every single podcast. Usland, one fifty. Uh, he's not doing anything. I don't know what's going on because I think even Revive said him in the British Championship is different to him in GPs. He should be good in Latvia. Yep, it's good for him. Yeah, that's he, what I'm thinking. He also destroyed his ankle. Was it his ankle? Either way, he got injured quite bad there. Was that last year? 
I don't know. I think no. that was last year. I don't so. think anybody cares, mate. Uh, Van Donick, 200,000. It's been good for him, but yeah. the results haven't backed it up. So right. Welsh, 200,000. Ben Watson, 350. That's decent, especially oh. around Latvia. Jacoby's 350 again. I actually had him in uh, I had him in Russia, but he didn't really do uh, we, enough. Can we go back to Walsh for 200,000? Just in the sand? What? So what? So did it not great in the sand? No, he'd be better on hard pack, though, wouldn't he? Better pick? I don't know. Uh, you tell me, mate. I literally, I don't know if I'm going to shout for this podcast next week. Um, I'm not surprised. Uh, I'm just trying to find out. Is there anybody on this dish ramp for end of the bus this week? Oh, yeah. Conjin. Oh, he's not fucking riding. He's just looking at his shoulder. Yeah. Oh, um, you're all right, mate. You're, you're okay. Zach Pichon's 100, and he's been really good lately. But then it's sand again. But even... It, okay, so he was basically a top 10... He was on the verge of a top 10 in Russia before he had his issues. Yeah. If you subtract five places to say, okay, it's sand, he's not strong there, yeah. that still puts him 15th. And if he can do that twice, or at least 13th, then for 100 grand, that's well all right. Depending what Jacoby turns out, 350. If he podiums, 350 yeah, is not bad money. I actually just said that, and you just... Decided to yeah, take but that's because you. No, that's because you moved on to Walsh, and then you went. For, you, you actually missed Walsh, and you went straight to Ben Watson. Fucking shocker! That doesn't make any sense. Okay, uh, just for anyone that wants to know, but MX manager prices are alphabetical, so I would have been on Ben Watson B, and then later got to Dylan Walsh D. Just this is just unbelievable. Well, you didn't <laughs> do Watson and Walsh. Nope. If you look, you've actually got a sheet in front of you. It's ordered by first name. See, probably would have done surname have been easier because there's probably just less surnames the same. But probably first names uh, more chance of being the same. There's actually, there's actually something I wanted to say about my MX manager team. Your shit. Um, the last three weeks I've had the hard charger, <laughs> which I can't believe has happened, and it kind of sounds like it's rigged. It is fucking rigged. So, you know, basically, but, you've done these prices to whatever you think. I think this should be rolled out now to the rest of us. What you think that everyone in the world should get a get to have their say on what the price is? I reckon we should, should vote up or down in form. So you want so in the four days between Russia? and You're Africa, like the fucking Bill Gates. You're like the Bill Gates of Microsoft. Now you're so, like the Bill Gates of MX Vice. So you want me to? You want me to in the four days between Russia and Latvia? You want me to a make prices? B ask the entire world for their opinion? Yeah, and then C re-upload them all ready for Latvia. Yeah. And then still let our people enough time to uh, make their teams. Yeah, if you right. could do that, it'd be great. Brilliant. Yeah, maybe do that when you're not on um, fucking internet, just searching for some bollocks like Perf. Uh, That's going to come flights. in handy. Two weeks when a calendar get re- gets released, that will come in handy. You haven't even booked fucking Indonesia. I'm doing that today. Right, I'm done with MX Manager. I'm done with you. Well, that's kind of why I'm done with MX Manager. But... Right. Okay. Right, should we leave it there then? Uh, yeah. I'm thinking for my ex-manager, I might go Hurlings, goal, that's 500. Whoa, hang on. No. Where's the fucking predictions? What? We haven't even done MXGP or MX2 predictions. We don't have to do that. Well, we do. We do it every week. No, we don't. We fucking do. We did it last week purely because there wasn't, there wasn't a GP the weekend before and we were looking forward to Russia. Well, let's do predictions. Could, do you not want me to just finish off on MX manager? Oh. I think in my team might be Hurlings and Goal. That's 500. No one cares. Then if I have either Watson or Jacoby, that takes me to oh, 850. And then if I can find another I, I bet. 150 rider. I actually Someone bet. like Usland or Walsh. I'll put fucking money on. You've actually wrote out your team and then based the prices around your team. Not at all. You fucking have. <laughs> you just smiled. Yeah, because You've it's... You've just smiled. 
I've just fucking found you out. That's yes. what you've done. You wrote down your team. Oh, who do I want in my team? I'm going to build it around Ben Watson. Yep. That's why I finished 52nd in Russia, because I had this all mapped out. Yeah, you got it a little bit wrong. And also, uh, when I looked into my crystal ball... You've seen that, didn't you, Rob? Fucking that little smile. <laughs> I wouldn't even bother playing MX Manager anymore, because Lewis has rigged it. Anyway, predictions. Oh, also, public service announcement. Round six, uh, which was Portugal. Tausch, 14, finished second. Won 150 euros from 24 mechs, but for some reason didn't somehow manage to leave no contact details when they signed up. So I have no way of giving you your prize. And we, we still don't know how that's happened. So if, you can, if you're listening, Tausch, it doesn't even say what country you're from, so maybe you're not. But um, I think that was my second team. Tweet us with a screenshot of your team so we can see it's actually you. And then we will you send you your code. Here it is. So yeah, that's that. Right, predictions, MXGP, go. Um, top, top. Caroli, Geyser, Hurlings. Yep. And MX2, I will go Prado, Gertz, Olsen. Okay. Uh, MXGP, I'm going to go Geyser, Herlins, Jazakonis. Wow. Yeah. What? No Crowley? Fourth. Wow. Wow. MX2, I'm going to go Prado, Gertz, Olsen. Are you okay with that? That's exactly what I said, isn't it? I don't know. Prado, listen Gertz, to you. Olsen. Yeah, okay. Well, there we go. We have one last thing before we go. And it's something I, uh, I've been working on for the last couple of weeks. Um, an interesting guy I wanted to get in is someone who uh, we've been working with a little bit this year on the youth and amateur side. He currently runs the British Youth Championship in the UK. And he's run GPs before. He's been fairly, you know, heavily involved in uh, the motocross industry for about the past 30 years. And also runs uh, the Western Beach Race, which is obviously hugely successful. So... Uh, it was good to catch uh, catch up with Gareth Hockey. Up until about the past uh, five, six months, I've not really known much of Gareth. So there's a lot of stuff I want to ask him and uh, talk to him going forward. So, Lewis, I didn't know if you knew this, but we actually put British Motocross live this week. I was aware, thank you. Okay. And it, was, it went really well. I think there was 15,000 people watching online um, at the British Youth Championships. Imagine 15,000 people around the circuit. How cool would that be? Yeah. So um, Same value to sponsors. Uh, yeah. So uh, I think that's, you know, kudos to the MX Vice team. Sophie McGinn went there and ran it for the weekend, which is, uh, you know, she's done really well. And it was a big success. I mean, it must be pretty cool for the, like the parents, the, you know, the, not the parents because they're probably there with the riders, but the aunties, the uncles, the grands, nans. They're literally, if you see the comments online, they were all online watching, as well as the sponsors catching up with the riders. It was really, really cool. So, we talked a little bit about Gareth, about the BYC, Western Beach Race, and also he's dropped some, some uh, great insights into, into what's actually coming. So make sure you listen to this. It's about 45 minutes long. So I hope you really enjoy it. It was, it was good getting him in the studio and hopefully we'll have another good interview next week. But um, thanks ever so much for listening to the show. Uh, say bye, Lewis. Yeah, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, see you next week. And we are back in Latvia. So no, we don't need, no one needs to ask. We're there. Business as normal. We don't need a visa to get to Latvia. So. so Lewis will be there in person. I will be watching on the iPad and probably having a barbecue. You'll be watching on MXGP TV, which has actually got a uh, mid-season deal going on. Oh, in- how much? I'm not sure how much exactly, but I know it's slashed by uh, quite a lot. I'm guessing it's probably about 60 quid, 50, 60 quid. Uh, I can find out if you really want to know. No, nah, we're, we're, oh, it's, okay. it's cool. But yeah, check that one out anyway. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. MX Show. Hey, we're here today with uh, Gareth Hockey from RH 
Al. Gareth, if you don't know, is the, the main guy behind the British Youth Championship Series and also uh, the Western Beach Race uh, and a Junior World Cup team. Is that the best way of saying it? Junior World Cup? Yeah, that's a yeah. good way to go. Is that, is yeah, that yeah. cool? So welcome to the show, Gareth. Thanks for inviting me. No problem. And I know we've been trying to do this for a while. So, um, but you're a busy guy. I seem to be out the country quite a lot. So yeah. um, we, we've managed to do it. Yeah, at last we've got ourselves together, to be fair. Obviously, you've got a you've got a long pedigree in the sport. You've been there, seen it, done it. What I like about you is you, you're willing to put your money where your mouth is. Yeah, unfortunately, it's not about money for me. It's about delivering what I see as a future. So it's like, if you look at the kids' championship, I've invested so much, lost so much. But when I have a weekend like I've just had where you see so much talent on display, that's worth the investment to me. You know, I'm lucky I've got other businesses. So I need to, my company needs to wash its face, but it doesn't need to make money. Don't want to lose money, but you know, that's the game. But aren't you making millions from Motocross Gareth? Isn't that what people say? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You speak to all those event organizers when they get to the end of the day, yeah. and it's like there's so many costs that people don't see. They add the they add the entry money up and think, yeah, he's put a load in his pocket. But sorry, Friday at Whitby, we were looking at blowing 20 grand because it was raining that bad. But luckily, good advice from the landowner and bits and pieces, and it worked brilliantly. But you know. Didn't put 25 grand in the bank after it, unfortunately. I mean, it's interesting because there are a lot of hidden costs. I, I myself was involved in a, a series a long, long time ago. And uh, it's scary. I mean, the money, I mean, when, once you start adding up medical insurance, the actual track, I don't, I don't think people understand how much a track is to rent. No, no. And it's like, you know, good tracks are costing eight grand for a weekend. And that's a track. That's not the setup round it. That's before you even start. So yeah. 8,000 pounds yeah. before you even... You know, and that's not RHL, that's MX Nationals, whoever's walking in. You know, there's, there's that cost before you put a toilet on the ground, before you put a bit of fencing up, before you pay staff. So people don't see that cost. They just think you turn up and you, you make a fortune. Yeah. You know, we run four lorries up on the weekend. It cost me nearly 1,500 pounds in fuel, but... That's the and that's about staff wages and yeah, 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 and, and, and so on. And if you go back twenty years ago, because I'm passionate AMCA man, yeah, that was the the core of where it was, where we all used to muck in and have a laugh. It's like now, marshals, you got to pay marshals forty pound a day. I get that because it's their time. They're they're still volunteering. They're not making any money out of yeah. that. But you didn't used to have that cost because it used to be mum and dad, or it used to be a friend and do it for you. But those days we've become. A fast food society, didn't we? We want to drive in, we want to buy it and go. <laughs> Do our race yeah, and go, yeah. 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 And that's Damn, what... yeah. I remember back when I was schoolboys just thinking about it and it's like, mum yeah. would help out with signing on. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, you know, we'd have to do marshalling for the weekend and yeah. you'd take down your lunch to your, your parents and stuff like that, I guess. Yeah. All that's kind of gone now. Yeah, you, you, I don't think you see it anywhere. It's like, oh, your MCA clubs are now paying marshals to, you know, to, to marshal. And it's like that expense... You can't get it out of the entry money, you know, and we can't get sponsorship in and stuff like that because of what our sport is. But it's, it's, it has to change somehow. You know, there's too many national series. We need to get back to focusing on club stuff. Do you think that's one thing which, uh, I mean, I've been a, I wouldn't say volatile, but I've been a, a amplified You're vocal, aren't you? vocal. Yeah, yeah not yeah. volatile, vocal. <laughs> about the fact that, you know, years ago we had the, the, the BSMA nationals, the BSMA pretty much was, 90% of all youth racing, yeah. I would say. I think I'm fair to say that. Then we had the, if you were good enough, you went into the nationals, you entered yeah, the nationals. Yeah. And then if you were good enough, you'd done the champion of champions, which was the, basically yeah, the, the, yeah, the top 40 riders from, from the UK. Yeah. And now, 
you know, apart from, and I know I'm not disrespectful to anybody else, but the BYC is the elite championship. Yeah, this is the best of the best yep. riders in the UK. Yeah. And I guess from, from that process is where you have to select those best riders to represent uh, for the country in the junior worlds. Yeah, so junior worlds, if we, t- if we touch on the BYC, you know, that is, you, you can't argue that's the fastest kids in the country. You know, and that's an issue we have because every parent, every rider wants to win a championship. They know if they're coming to our championship, it's hard to get in the top 10. It's hard to get in the top 20. So we don't get full lineups because there's a lot of people looking at the cost and thinking, I don't want to be 20th, I want to be third. Do you think that's a a thing nowadays where, um, like for me, if I qualified in the top 40 for the champion of champions and I raced and I got 40th, I'd be fucking proud. Like, yeah, me. I, it's like, you know, 40th. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm happy. That's like a win. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it was no different for me. When I rode AMCA and I got a chance to ride at ACU, like against Willie Simpson and people like that, you know, I didn't care where I finished because I wanted to race those guys. So the opportunity, but we seem to have a different mindset with certain elements. That it's like, oh, I don't want to go there because I'm, I'm going to be 40th. Whereas, in fact, being 40th there, it's like last year, Junior Worlds, Australia, I took a large team yeah, and the parents had to fund themselves and the riders. So it probably cost them 10, 15 grand. Wow. Took a young Welsh kid and he was getting upset because he was finishing like 33rd. But I said, you, that's on your CV forever. You went to a world championship and you competed. So you're like 33rd in the world. With the know, best in the world. With the best in the world as well. You know, and it's like, we're looking this year going to Italy. We've got a full team going and, our expectations are really, really high. If you see the standard of what we had on the weekend, yeah, you know, we sh- we potentially could have Eddie J. Wade as a world champion. Joel depends what Joel Rizzi does. He, he definitely stands the chance of being in the top three if he's in the right mood. Yeah, you know, you look at the eighty fives. We've got Charlie Heyman had little issues all year at the Europeans, but Charlie stands out as he could win. But yeah. then there's Ollie Colm will be behind him. There's Bailey Johnson. There is a group of kids coming through. So 10 years' time, I can't wait to see because it's like I've been frustrated to the point that I've thought about walking away. And it was only watching these kids this weekend and having such a good venue, to be fair, that it gives you that buzz back that like, yeah, let's get on and let's do something for another five years. So that's, that's really interesting because one thing what Lewis and myself have always dis- discussed on the podcast is we've been quite lucky with uh, the Simpsons, the Searles. Um, then we've got this, you know, uh, Ben Watson, we've got, uh, his brother Nathan Watson yeah, is in, yeah. in Enduro. We've got Comrade Muse. We've got, you know, we've got some really good British riders coming from, like, who've came yeah. through now. Yeah. But we're, we were discussing where, who and where is the next generation? Where is yeah. the next Tommy, Tommy Searle? But, for but me, that sounds yeah. positive that you've already highlighted five yeah, or yeah. six riders that could potentially make that step up. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But if you look, Alexander Brown. Alexander Brown is one of my first BYN riders and yeah. Alexander Brown to be fair with a bit of little help from Brian McKenzie is is making the right steps yeah um Rossi Beard Rossi Beard a standout talent left BYC last year and he's got his first year in a little bit quiet but that kid is going to come through you know my frustrations and I'll put them on the table is Kawasaki riders yeah there was some really really talented kids on 85s and for some unknown reason, those Kawasaki riders have been pushed onto 250Fs at an early age, which I don't like because yeah. um, I've seen some major, major injuries. 
And those kids have had the stuffing knocked out of them. They're good talents, but they're being pushed straight into adult racing, which I can understand because there's a cost, there's money. Yeah. You know, and we all want to chase that dream as quick as we can. But sometimes it's a little bit better to step back. You know, Eddie, I've got a load of respect for Eddie J. Wade. Yeah. I'm proper, doing it the proper way. You know, and Eddie's as much Spanish as he is British. So he gets a lot more help from the Federation in Spain than he does in the UK. Yeah. Um, and I guess that comes down to manufacturers because the problem what we've got is, is literally only Yamaha, uh, KTM and Husqvarna, which are producing that 1252 stroke now. Yeah, yeah. So I guess people like Honda, Suzuki, uh, Kawasaki are, are finding it a real issue because they're, they're obviously, they're, their riders are progressing on these bikes. Yeah. And then either they're being forced to go 250F or make the switch to another manufacturer. Yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, there's nothing we can do about that. But like I say... The 254 stroke, I've seen some good kids, and I can't remember his name from the Honor Man, went off an 85. Uh, Jed Etchells. Jed Etchells. Jed was, Jed was potentially a British champion on an 85, and then he moved up to 250 Kawasaki. He really snapped his ankles and stuff like that. Yeah. It's nothing wrong with the bikes. It's just that going from being a kid riding muscling an 85 round to a 250F, which is probably double the weight. Yeah. You know. It's a beast. You've not developed. Your muscles yeah. haven't developed. If we look at Holland and things like that, there seems to be a system of getting them on it one, two, fives for at least a year. Yeah. So they've built some muscle. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's, there, yeah, there's a, you, you've seen the development from, from Holland in Italy, uh, Germany, you know, yeah. these, these, and Belgium. Czech these, Republic. Czech Rep- say, yeah. yeah. The yeah. next generation of these riders coming through, they do yeah. have a, they seem to be following this EMX route of 85, yeah, yeah. 125, 250. Yeah. You know, and that, that's the old idea and the vision behind the BYC is like, we want a British format, which I think now, I think everyone's happy with five races, sighting laps. You know, they're getting value for money and they're sort of linked in. We, we're going to see the ACU today because we want to get the ages in line with Europe, mm-hmm. you know, because our 85s are over 15, whereas in Europe it's 14. So okay. it, makes, it makes us better in the playing field over there, I think. But, yeah. You know, but again, I need investment from outside. So it's like, you know, the ACU as a governing body put certain amount into my junior worlds. Okay. But I've got how many other governing bodies in the UK? So when I go and speak to the government and Sport England for funding, they look at me and say, well, which organization are you? <laughs> because there's five. Right. Yeah. So where you've got the French Federation, it's the French Federation. Yeah. There's, there's nothing else. Nothing else. You know, we look at Holland because everyone keeps ramming Holland down my, down my throat because we want to be like the Dutch. Yeah. You know, and I don't want to be like the Dutch. I want to be better than the Dutch. Yeah. But they get government funding. Their riders are funded. There's a whole different setup because there's two organizations in Holland. There's, you know, there's an amateur and a professional. Yeah. You know, France, their sports people are, have got all that backup. We can't get that backup from UK sport because it's we're so too, diversified. We're di- yeah, we're too divided. Okay. Um, I guess actually asking what the solution would be, we could probably be here for about three days on another podcast. We'll save that for another time. <laughs> <laughs> another solution would be is we need the Paul Irwins, the Matt Bates, and everyone to work with the, the, the governing body that is the governing body. Yeah. The problem, myself, you, everyone's frustrations are born out of, and maybe wrongly, but born out of people in that organization sort of pushing us away, telling us we can't do stuff, not explaining what, what's done by, the, well, let's say it, let's, the ACU. Yeah. It's the sports governing body. It's the only one that's there. 
Yeah. Um, everyone's rules and everything run off the back of that. But the ACU, to me, came across as very old school, very unwilling to change. You know, everyone knows my history with Matt. Yeah. But Matt Bates and myself as a combination would be a phenomenal one because Matt can do front of house mega. You know, yeah. my team do back of house, I think, mega. You know, but Paul Irwin's gone because we're business people in some respects and we're passionate about where we want to go. But if you're not business people, it will never work anyway. So without the business aspect, then the, the series, whatever you're involved in is going to die because yeah. any passion can take you as far as possible. Yeah, passion, you know, and it's like, I'm off to see the motocross committee today. Those guys are all passionate, but those guys have got jobs away from, from it, which, okay, we could argue, you know, the, the ACU need to employ people and do it, but it's a fine line because they're responsible for a lot of money and a lot of people. And I just think there's a fear of letting, letting someone like Paul or myself or even Matt get involved and try and steer someone forward. Yeah. You know, the, the truth is I'm passionate. Everyone's passionate about the sport. You know, Jeff Parrott and myself have had loads of conversations. Me and you have loads of conversations. Yeah. You know, the only reason I'm doing this British Championship is because Roger Harvey said to me, stop blowing your brains out and running Grand Prix on an ego trip. Yeah, take the kids on, get the adult championship, make the British championship back to what it was. Yeah, you know, make it a championship. Ah, that's interesting. So let's talk about the weekend because you just come off of a a very successful weekend with a BYN, and I got a feeling it's possibly the first time British motocross has been live. Yep, we did our little um, little thing with yourself, didn't we? Kept it a secret. We did. Yeah, and the feedback is unbelievable. I think you know for me. I've had phone calls off people saying it's one of the best BYCs we've had. Um, for me, I, I've just told you I was in a position where I'm nearly ready to walk away because it's like you're banging your head against a brick wall. Yeah. Um, but my team, everyone turned a circle, you know, MX Vice, 24MX Connection, you know, to put that live out. First time in Britain, yeah. you know, that there's been an event that's live motocross and it was my kids. The kids are buzzing. The parents are buzzing. I think my team are happy. Your team are happy. Yeah. Because we've got so many ideas we've discussed now going forward. I can't wait to fact that, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think from, from my... I wasn't there the weekend, so um, I didn't get to see it firsthand. But I was at home. Um, good job you won't, because it worked quite well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, I just... Yeah, <laughs> I'm a bottleneck. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I was actually watching from home, and it was really, really cool. And the reason why we didn't... Uh, promote it. We didn't push it and, and do the usual thing. What we do is just because we didn't know how it's going to go. This was the first. This was the first. Yeah, yeah. And so it was trial and error in yeah. in some way. But I guess you have to try this stuff. Yeah. To to be able to know whether it fair, works or not. I think from everyone's point of view, it was quite challenging. Should we say on on Saturday because we we'd had rain. Yeah, it talks about the uh, because. I'm guessing there was a couple of photos which kind of went online, which, you know, as social media does with yeah. kind of, oh, this is not a, to be fair, I looked at a track and I was thinking, this is my track. Yeah. If only, sad, I, was, if only I was 13 again, yeah, because yeah, yeah. this is, this is yeah. prepped to perfection. Same, same for me. So the issue we had Friday, we didn't have any rain in Whitby. We knew it was coming. Um, John Noble, as everyone knows, related to James. Yep. Got a little bit of history in bike racing. They're, they're pretty decent. Yeah, I guess yeah, they know what they're yeah. doing. Um, so John, had, this track hadn't been used for two years, so it was all grown really? over. Really? Yeah. Two years? Yeah, all grown over, all sealed up, packed down hard. Right. And John said he wasn't going to touch it because until he knew what the rain was going to be 
overnight. Yeah, so which is you leave a, left, a left track is, sealed because yeah. it stops the ring from yeah, going and deep and down. The ring was going okay. off the sides. So we did that. John and myself had a meeting then 6 a.m. on Saturday morning, and we'd had a lot of rain. Um, but we walked the track, and the track was good. So the decision with John was we'd leave the track sealed. Okay. I had a lot of experts on Saturday morning to tell oh. me I didn't know what I was doing. Soil, soil experts. Soil experts, yeah. You know, even <laughs> the ones gardeners. That, even the ones with the <laughs> suntans or from Thailand told me that I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. Um, but we put the bikes out. To me, Saturday was the track. Really? Yeah. Proper, proper motocross. You know, the funniest thing we had, if you see the video, is we had a grass start. You know, Fant- oh. Yeah. Dom Lancet, love him to bits. Wow. his dad, yeah. Grass start, uphill. Oh. Yeah. And it's like, Dom's going, what's that green stuff? It should be brown. You've got to turn it all over. And we're going, no, that's, a, that's, that's what it is. But the kids loved it. Once they got into Saturday, they loved it. And it rode proper lines. Yeah. You know. And, and it's it, developed quite nicely for today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, and it just it, it just did they it. see the grass go to the soil? Or? Yeah, yeah. Wow. And then lines, you know, <laughs> real lines, real lines. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they were even shocked because they had an off-cambered corner, and I don't think they, they, they knew what to do. No, even the coaches were looking at it. That's like when Damn. I was riding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I know what to do here. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Justin Morris, Ashwild. It's like that's an off-cambered I, corner. I guess. Kid. I guess all the dads were rubbing their hands and going, "I can actually help this week." Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, they were, but it, like I say, but it worked. You know, and we were lucky because we knew what the weather was on Sunday. So John prepped the track for Sunday as he wanted to, realistically, for the weekend. But the Fantastic. Weather, and it just worked. And like I say, you guys were the filming. Yeah. We dropped in Saturday afternoon and it was like an explosion because everyone's like all of a sudden, wow, this is live. So we had friends, aunties, uncles on social media, didn't we, going mad that they could see that, their kids. Out of everything that kind of came about this weekend, I think what was coolest was reading the comments on yeah. Monday yeah. with people basically saying, thank you so much. I got to see my nephew ride, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And actually you start to think those guys aren't going to be going to that event. No. They're, they're not going to travel three, 400 miles to yeah. as much as they love them. They're not going to spend their Sunday. No, no, we got, if you think about it, we got, you know, again, British championship. I think next to the Maxis, we're the only one because we do actually go around the country, but we've got 30 odd Irish traveling where well, you can't get their pen appearance or not. Sorry. They've, relatives traveling in yeah but for them to have access to it you know people coming up from london it was well for us it was a t- the guys drove up 10 hours you know well they're not going to come and spectate no but if you can have access to it so for me to open my riders up to all that yeah and, and we know it works from um from this point of view because this is exactly what mxgp is doing but actually they're 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 you they're charging yeah yeah, yeah. but again You've just opened up a vehicle now for people to advertise and yeah, yeah, to reach yeah. a whole new audience. Yeah. Well, for me, unfortunately, you know, we've touched on it's, it's an expensive thing to put on an event. So for me, the opportunity again with 24MX and MX Vice is they're bringing me this. It's not costing me the earth. Um, and it opens up so many opportunities. Yeah. And then touching on that, you know, because I've had a little bit of flack about why am I working with 24MX? Um, yeah, I can imagine. I mean, yeah. the, the, for those who don't know, 24MX bought MX Vice uh, a year ago, actually. Yeah. Um, Swedish company, but they're predominantly, you know, they're, they're European. I think they've just yeah. done their first global sales. But yeah, they're, they're heavily involved in Europe. Um, I guess they've kind of been over the past kind of few years where maybe some distributors have probably seen that as a, quite an aggressive move by coming into the UK and other yeah, countries. Yeah, I've, and, had, I've had several phone calls about it. But, you know, hand on art, I need the investment. And if that's going to come from Sweden, 
and not from the UK, unfortunately, I'm going to have to take it because, like I say, I want to be responsible for creating world champions. And if the MX Vice 24MX can do that, that works for me. You know, if other manufacturers in the UK want to come in and say, you know, we'll take that, I'm quite happy to speak to them. But they aren't out there. They're not coming to us. And you you haven't got any... Uh... I'm just asking this question and putting you on the spot, but there's nothing stopping any other companies coming and working with 24MX? No. It's, you know, for me, I found the 24MX, MX Vice relationship good, very keen to work with Judd, very keen to work with the other people involved in supporting the series. You know, and there's some good products involved, but I need a massive amount of investment to create what I want to create. Yeah. Yes, uh, it is. It is the elite championship in the UK. So obviously, yeah. you want to produce. I want to produce elite it. Champion. I want to. Be, um, I ultimately want to run my kids with the Maxis, but it's at the moment we've got a headbanging scenario going on where you know one's one and one's the other. But I think the industry wants it. Lots of people want it. Yeah, I think I've been a quite a big voice on this show by basically saying. Really? I didn't know. <laughs> we're, we're at a place where it just makes sense. You, you've got the kids that can learn from the the adults and, and the pros. You've got people like Steve Dixon, who's been very vocal about how is he supposed to see the next generation of talent yeah. when he doesn't necessarily go to British Championship anymore. Yeah. However, if 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 for him he could uh, have his team in the UK, you know, with Darian Ryden yeah. or or whoever else is on on the team. If he could be in the team and for, you know, Hitachi KTM, you know, those guys have got their finger on the pulse with the next generation of, of kids. But what better way than actually being there at the same meeting? But also, I can kind of see this developing where Hitachi KTM may have a 65 rider, an 85 rider, yep. a 125 rider. The old idea behind the Orange Brigade, the old idea behind the 24MX Academy, yeah. you know, is, is that we're, we're taking a kid that we potentially see with talent and we can step him all the way through. The Orange Brigade thing, I don't think RHL or KTM have probably put over as we should, but that's a progression. That's the same as has happened with Ken and with Jeffrey. Yeah. You know, KTM take those kids and they, they progress them through all the way to the, where they become professionals. Yeah. But this is, you know, I aren't going to bang on it, bang on about it too much because obviously we've only got a, a finite amount of time, yeah. but it just makes common sense. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, and the reason I'm sat here today is, is also there's a bit of a challenge for you because I have now bullied the ACU into the last round of the BYC and the Maxes at Landrake becoming that weekend that we want to try and push forward. Okay, so Landrake yeah. is going to be the first weekend where we're going to have the youth and yeah. the pros in one weekend. Yeah, all together. All together. And, and, I, th- and I think that's going to become the 24MX um, event of the year because I'm now challenging you to put your... My money where my yeah, mouth is. Put your testicles my, where, uh... <laughs> where your mouth is and uh, step up and show us how it will be marketed and, you know, how we are going to get, you know, people through the gate and get that engagement and not necessarily through the gate, but through the social media and through what we want to do. Yeah. Because I can't do it alone. There's plenty of volunteers and people in the industry willing to help. Yeah. I mean, I, can't, I, I can't do it alone. I need my... Yeah. I need my team behind me, but I'm sure we'll be I'll definitely. But it's be not up for... it's just not the MX Vice team in the 24MX scenario. It's it's the KTM's, it's the Hondas. We need them all to say to the ACU, "This is well, not to the ACU, but the nervous people." Yeah, this is know, what we want. This, this is, is what what's going to help. You know, I know there's always a weather scenario, but like I say, I think if we can 
if God helps us and we've got two dry days and we can bang this out, yeah, you know, then it's it's something that can seriously be looked at. No, I'm up for that. I'm I'm yeah, up yeah. for. Uh, well, you've got no choice, really, have you? Because I'm, I'm just telling you. That. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, just yeah, put on yeah, air. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> come yeah. back down now, can I? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you take you're up for the challenge, you? Because yeah, saying. I think we we I think you know I've you know we've been set, sat on ideas. I mean, one of them the weekend, the live update, uh, yeah. the you know live racing is what we've been sat on since I think 2014. Yeah, we've yeah. been wanting to do this since 2014. Unfortunately, it's only now that the the opportunity is. It, is, is yeah, been yeah, able exactly. to, to, to do this. So, you know, for me, I'd anything what we could do would be pretty cool to take the podcast show there. Yeah, yeah. Let's, no, let's do I a podcast on the weekend and yeah. get the kids working with the pros and and so on. I think, yeah. Because, yeah, Mike, no disrespect, my kids are more professional than so-called professional. <laughs> I'm not surprised. I heard that you do some media training with <laughs> yeah, them. Yeah, we do quite cool. a bit of media training. You know, yeah. they know what Instagram is. They know how to put the correct posts out and stuff like that. Well, interestingly, these kids, you know, have grown up with this stuff. Yeah. So it's actually, uh, yeah, they, they get it. They understand. They, yeah, yeah. I think when you look at how these kids now operate, I mean, what I think I admire about you guys is that you're trying to push YouTube, you're trying to push Facebook, you understand the value of social media because these kids spend half their life either on YouTube or on a, on a motocross all, bike. <laughs> all the kids now live on YouTube. Yeah. It, they don't look at a normal TV anymore. That, that's gone, you know. It's like social media. It's that the weekend, that live feed. You know, that was an explosion Saturday afternoon because it's like kids there could watch it, but everywhere people were like watching it and it was like it just, you know, we've seen the figures, haven't we? For some of it, we didn't even tell people we were doing, and it's phenomenal. Yeah, so next round, we're going to go live again. Yeah, next round's quite big, to be and fair. And we're going to be talking a lot more about it. It's going to be promoted. Yeah. Uh, there's going to be advertisement. Yeah. Um, so advertising opportunities actually on the live stream. Yeah. That's and anybody can can tap into that. Yeah, yeah. So if someone wants to, to get involved, they either need to speak with Darren at our office or speak with whoever at MX Vice office. Yep. It's there. We you know we want that tool to grow and, yeah. and develop. So So advertisement on screens, uh boards actually on your the track, track. Yeah. Um advertising your business. Yeah. And then again, if uh some of these business guys want to come down and talk about their business and talk about their products, yeah. there's there's time there. Yeah. And that's but even there, they can come turn up on the weekend, have a look at what we're doing. Like I say, I think your team were quite shocked because we like good, bad, ugly reports, because we like to be told what's crap. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, it was perfect because it's always going to be improving. So That's the only thing you do in business, eh? Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. you do the best of what your ability is, and if there's, you know, you seek improvement, if you yeah. can improve. But if you take advice from outside, people looking from the outside see things differently to you from the inside. So, you know, so I'm very open to being told that I'm doing things wrong. Lewis is like that with me, yeah. to be fair. I mean, he's not here to defend himself, no. which is fine. Yeah. But Lewis does a very good job, Gareth, of telling me I'm wrong all the time. Well, he's normally right, to be fair. To be fair, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the podcast is just getting worse. Yeah. <laughs> but let's, um, let's, I want to ask you about the junior um, worlds because this is something which, uh, you know, on the, on the back of what you're doing with uh, the BYC, these are the elite riders in the UK which yeah. are being asked to go and represent their country. How much help are you getting to do this? Right, so hand on art, and I don't want people knocking them again. ACU, yeah, they put seven thousand pound into the pot. Okay, which is yeah, it's, yeah. it's a lot of money, a lot of money, but it doesn't go that far, I guess. In the doesn't scheme of go things. anywhere, does it? Really? Well, so I it, guess yeah. in Australia, we didn't go, didn't very go, far. Any, didn't go anywhere. <laughs> um, RHL because of its our British Championship and the selection process is quite simple. 
you need to ride ACU championships. Yeah. Um, or be involved with the MXs. So the link through the ACU has to be there. Yeah. Um, Which makes sense, I guess, if they're bankrolling it to a certain aspect. Well, they're putting money in. Money in, sorry, yeah. yeah. Investing, Um, yeah. You know, I'm quite negative to their youth race at the Maxis because it takes riders away from me, but we will select riders from that. Okay. Um, That's the MXY2? Yeah, MXY2. Because, again, the ACU, it's the governing body, they're putting the money in, they're recognised by the FAM. Um, But I guess that kind of like, sorry to interrupt, but... That kind of if they're kind of doing a youth race at the maxes. Why are they not just adding the rest of what you're doing? Correct. And okay. then why? Because we went to them with a the suggestion. Well, we'll have those eight rounds there, but we'll have six of the BYN. So make a fourteen round British Championship. Full on. That would pull everyone in. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But seem scared to do it. Seem nervous to do it. Look for the negatives instead of a positive. To be honest, with you. But yeah. but going back to, to okay. Yeah. Sorry. Junior Worlds. Yep. So RHL because. Our riders, the British Youth Championship riders, invest in us. So we will give back. We'll run our own lorry over. Our own staff will go. So we're probably putting anything from five to ten grand from our side. MX Vice have stepped up. They're doing quite a bit with media bits and pieces. Yeah. Um, but it's difficult because we've got riders that are sponsored and bits and pieces. So it's awkward to bring bring that investment in. But, you know, it's happening. I think we've got probably the strongest team we've had for three years. Yeah, since I've been involved, you know, um, and we're starting to get that idea that we can develop a team. Well, this year now we're going. We've got, we're going to have a nice setup. We've yep. got two very good rider coaches coming. Yeah, we've got physios going. We've got marketing and PR and background with you guys. Actually, going. sounds better than the actual uh, nations team for the pros. <laughs> well, but it's the same thing. It probably is. Are you taking that on next? <laughs> no. <laughs> I wouldn't mind taking the budget on from what I understand because it's slightly different to mine. But is it? Wow. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know. And that. Do I want to take it on? Of course I want to take it on. Yeah. Do I want to run another Grand Prix? Of course I do. Do I want to run across nations? Yeah. Do I want to do all that? Yeah. But I've got an accountant, so it's like <laughs> Yeah, I got one of those. <laughs> yeah, correct. So you can't get it, but it's like yeah. but like I say, the kids for us we we hope this year will be a major step forward and hopefully then off the back of this then people will buy into what we want to do yeah cool but the same thing that's why we need to be with the access because it, i guess it's like anything with business you have to invest yeah so if you don't invest then yeah. you know you, you, you you've got to invest to get other people to invest in, in what they see but yeah, yeah. i guess it's when you're doing all this great work and everything else you do need people to invest because yeah, yeah. You, it's, you, it's the same thing. You've proved yeah. it now, was it three years now you've been doing the three years we've been doing the junior worlds, yeah. You know. And we were lucky year one in Estonia because we were all in the background very confident that Eddie would be a world champion. Yeah. Um and he did. So it helped with the team on a points thing for the for the Great Britain team. Yeah. You know, we went to Australia last year and the frustration was all my kids had stock bikes. You know, the Czechs. The Dutch, they had all their bikes shipped in. Yeah. You know, so I stuck Young Preston, Williams out, Kyle McNichol on Stock Husky 125s. Well, when they went off the start line, they were going backwards. But those kids battled and we finished ninth last year. Um, Which is This year, now we've got our own bikes going, we've got our things. Yeah. Like I say, we've got 485 riders that realistically should be in the top 10. We've got five 125 riders that should be in the top 10. But it's all going to be about starts. So Yeah. You know. But, but like I say, the depth is there. But that sounds positive for British motocross. 
it's mega for for me like i say i i've been on a bit of a downer with it all because it's like i don't want to lose money but motocross to me is like a drug i can't give it up no. um and my team it don't matter how hard they battle in my end i needed an upper and last week whitby for me was that was like major turning point again it's like i've got a buzz yeah from watching the kids riding from the track from it all yeah you know from what you guys did it was like that's progression we're not stuck in stuck in a rut going nowhere not doing the same thing every week and just turning out another event yeah yeah. you know because that's easy to do and not being disrespectful if that's what i want to do well i'll just go and rent houses and do my other businesses because it's (laughs) like but this is like yeah, the passion. This is where we yeah. want to go. I think there's there's a certain amount of people within this industry, and without those, then we're, we're going to be properly buggered. Yeah, because you need those people with the passion, with the insight, and and you know just the energy. You can kind of take us forward because without those guys now, yeah, there's no, there's no, no one, no one in their right mind is going to do this for for business. No, and it's like like I say, it's like you look at Matt, you look at Paul, you look at the guys doing the Bridgestone. The guys, they're all getting older the passion is being beaten out of them by all the negatives that go around in our sport. Yeah. You know, if you go to America, they don't talk negatively about anything. But in this country, it just seems to be a British thing that we want to slate one another. Yeah, not support. Yeah. And I ain't going to slate the MX Nationals. He's done a good job. Yeah. But it's it's a national series. It's not a British championship. Yeah. You know, so either let him run the British championship, let me run the British championship, you know, because that's the only way you're going to bring it back together. Yeah. Nah, I, 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 I get that. Another thing I wanted to talk to you about, um, how, how long have you been in sport now, Gar? How old am I? <laughs> <laughs> literally from the day I was born. It was like my father and my mother were into it. So, But literally, I've ridden since a long time. But I got involved in organization and event stuff with John Haller like way back in 96, 97. Okay. You know. And, and the one thing I was going to ask you about was the Western Beach Race, which is, you know, yeah, just like, it's just a phenomenon, you know. Yeah. In 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 the sport, I mean, I can remember going there. I must have been going there for the last thirty some years. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I, when were you involved in West? I when rode. You... I rode the first one at fourteen. So the first one that I was ever done. Yeah. Um, we went down as a group, as everyone used to, didn't it? Because it was a massive social thing, racing. Yeah. Um, and Roy Breakwell, local guy down the road for me, after an hour he'd had enough, so he came in and said, "Oh, you have a go." So that was my first experience of Western, and then I rode it probably all the way through to 86, 87, and then you realize you're not going to be a professional motocrosser, so you start looking at business, and that's what developed. Media. Media, <laughs> yeah, same thing. So, so we did that, and it's like we had hockey racing and whatever, which was successful for many, many years, and then it's like, but my passion was always to do an event, and it's like I got involved with John, and it's like the beach to me was like I've got no restrictions on what I can do. Yeah. Because it's outside of every rule book in some respects. The ACU permit it and I won't go away from the ACU because that's that's where I've got the confidence. But yeah. It's like it's for me it's an open book. So okay. I can do what I want, create what I want. You know, we can do mad ideas. Yeah. You know, and we've got it where it works now. And how many how many uh, for, for the people who are not familiar, which are, I don't I don't know where they are if they listen to this and they don't know what Western Beach is, but how many riders um, participate over a weekend? We're just shy of two thousand. Two thousand. Um, wow. Yeah, first time in the event's history. Last year was the first time it's ever been full to capacity in the solar race. Um, at a thousand, we did a thousand and went just to be the two K by one. Um, Whoa. Yeah. 
but a th- you know to have a thousand riders on that beach in one go is like it's a, it's an awesome feeling wow yeah i mean it's got to be a you know in the in this grand like in this day and age with uh, health and safety that's got to be an absolute nightmare it's i mean where do you even start for us <laughs> being brutally honest for us it's our easiest event really yeah because we're not controlled by other people you know so we have a health and safety company come in the guy actually helped steve and matley this year you know we control everyone everyone's on a wage so they've got a job to do yeah you know, we have 360 staff rang figures for the weekend whoa you know so and it's like everyone involved has got the same passion to make it work yeah um even though they could be a contractor you know the idea is it's like this event's awesome we we want to be involved with it so and wow. It, and it's easy. It's like I say, it's, that's my frustration. Western's easy to get people involved with because you can see a value in it. You know, yeah. When you've got 80,000 people on a beach, you know, who wouldn't want to be there promoting their business? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've, I've, I, you know, it's 45 minutes from, from my doorstep. So I'm very familiar with it. And it's, it's, one of those, uh, it's one of those events that I don't think I've ever asked you for anything. I've always gone down, paid for a ticket, took my family in because yeah. it was a great day out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's one of those things where you actually I have no problem with, uh, you know, investing that money into, into going. I think yeah. I've probably been down. But I don't even tell you guys that I'm going down. I don't even ask for a press or, or anything. Yeah. I just turn out with my family. We, we get it's, some it's, food it's, and, and we enjoy it. Yeah, but from a sport view it's like we see so many people from outside the sport that have got half an interest you know and that's my frustration is like the hondas and whatever they've now got the idea that they actually need to be there because someone will rock up who might buy a honda car or a honda lawnmower so all of a sudden they're looking at it and thinking yeah this event's got a good engagement across all our business yeah you know and it has had for years you know we've had our ups and downs as you do with everything um and we seem to be in a good place at the minute so like I say, there's a five-year plan in place and everything looks really, really good. So literally for the next five years, you kind of got Weston's kind of scoped out and you're looking to build on it each year? Yeah, yeah. We're already, we've got the dates for 2021 and 2022 already because obviously we're dictated by a little bit of water that comes in and out. Um, <laughs> so yeah, 2020 in some respects is done. Yep. Um, we're on 2021, but we're also on other events on the beach for 2021. Have you ever had any close calls with the water coming in? We've had a, we've had a few calls with the water coming in. But, yeah. You know, but like touch wood, we've been lucky with the weather last few years. So, yeah. you know, there's so many experiences of Western, probably away from the beach, to be fair, that we could talk for hours about. Ah, uh, cool. It's, yeah. it's a fascinating subject for me just because obviously it's on my doorstep. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've been there since, uh, I guess, yeah, I've maybe, I don't know, 10, 30, it's got to be 30. 37 years. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're of, 36, of, I think, aren't we? Is it 36? 36, yeah, yeah, so yeah. pretty yeah, pretty close yeah. to the start. Wow. Yeah. What, what's going on in our RHL at the moment that you can talk to us about? been looking to find my own venue for like 20 years. Okay. Because it's like you look at when I did a Grand Prix in 09, I had to give £80,000 to Mallory Park to use their venue. You know, I know the figure Steve plays to go to Matley. Yeah. If you didn't have to do that, the Grand Prix is an advertising tool for a venue. You know, that, that's what it would be for me. So it's like, we have something going on, but that'll be another podcast, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's quite interesting that the French Federation, I think, are in the process of buying, I believe even, I don't know whether it's Urne they own or St. John yeah. they own. I mean, they seem to be doing, I mean, that's the actual federation which are buying up their own tracks. Yeah, yeah. And 
we don't want to go there, do we? Because there's, no, there's, no, no. million, there's millions but, in a bank account and we don't own a track. So it's like... No. And and I think that's kind of different to what the AMCA do because I think they own six or seven tracks. AMCA, they? when Don was there and I was very much involved as a young rider with the AMCA, I loved the, the idea. You know, buy ground, protect it. Yeah. You know. You're investing in your, in your business. Best, well, you're making it safe, aren't you? you yeah. Know? So the AMCA, I think, probably own seven or eight bits of track, don't they? Yeah. You know, dot around the country. Dot around. So I mean, you know, I mean, we've all we've all dreamt of having our own our own track, but yeah. actually to have a track to put on events, yeah, is, yeah, is, is huge. Yeah, but you so need, is the search continuing? No, we found what we want. We're just in negotiations. Oh wow, Jesus yeah. Christ, we're breaking lots of stuff here. Yeah, today. yeah, you know, and that's but that's not just a, a that's not just for a motocross. That's a that's a French idea, okay, or a Dutch idea, right? But that's a lot. That's like a major, major thing that's happening that's top secret okay yeah, yeah. Top, top secret yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah no no one listens to this <laughs> yeah, mate so don't worry yeah, about it yeah. yeah it's fine yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that, but like you say that's what you need and where you're saying like with the french doing what they're doing yeah you know i couldn't go and have that conversation i don't think at the moment with the governing body of the sport i well, couldn't go to them and say become a shareholder with me because they'd get scared yeah i mean that's the yeah unfortunately that's the the, the hand we're all yeah, yeah. Kind of doubt at the moment. Yeah. I mean, that's why I've kind of shied away from yeah. from the British Championship. I'm probably a bit of a loose cannon. And um Yeah, and it's 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 a bit like myself. I think some of the people here take the comments quite personally. I know what I do sometimes. Yeah. When we act. Um but the frustration with you is that you want the same as us. You want it to work, you want it to be good. Um and perhaps some people in that in that particular federation need to look at it and think. Maybe I better get him working as opposed to not working. There. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't think you're scared to invest. From what no. I'm seeing, so no. you know, talk to you. Yeah, and then Drake, they can talk to you face to face. They can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I might need to apply for a media pass. Can you get me one? <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to <laughs> you can buy a ticket. Yeah, I'll get a ticket coming. <laughs> uh, it's been brilliant. I know um, you've got a dash now to another meeting, um, yep. and I definitely think we should be, we should uh, try and get back for another podcast to talk about some more points. And you know, we've only scratched the surface of uh, your we experience could talk about and knowledge. Makos, can we in 1986? Do it, yeah. Simpson, things like yeah, that. Yeah, I'm I'm all about grass starts. I think we should bring that into every BYC now. Yeah. I'm going to go around with grassy. <laughs> I'm back to old school. I think we could go back to the more now. It's like, yeah. let's bring it back. I love it. Yeah. yeah. But really appreciate your time today. And um, it's great to have your insights. And, in, in, you know, thanks for sharing some of those news. I mean, I, I didn't see that coming or didn't expect that. So yeah. thanks very much. All appreciate right, no it. Problem. And good luck for the rest of the year. See you in Fatcat. Yeah, Max. For everything in the world of motocross, head to mxvice.com, at Motocross Vice on Twitter, and search MX Vice on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. All content is now available in Spanish and Italian. BMX Voice Show.